What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a history. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Catherine. Kate. It's Mad Women. <laughs> <laughs> you were not sure about me calling you Catherine just then. I, I'm perfectly fine with you calling me Catherine. I like that you do. I was trying to stop myself from welcoming you again the way I did last week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me in your home. Hey, I love having you in my home. The cat is about to tear down hey, my hey. little system oh, here. Oh, you little. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Mad Women, where we... Threaten my cats with death. <laughs> Listen, if you try and knock down my carefully constructed yeah. soundproofing. Right. Now, I'm sure this is going to last the entirety of the episode. There's no way it's going to fail. <laughs> but in the, either way, I'm going to record. Record it? A, yes. Like for posterity. Please. Not, we are in a totally different configuration, listener. Where uh-huh. we're, in, we're in my office yeah. where I used to record. Every time. Back in the Zoom days. Back in Zoom days. But now we're in person and we got a really fancy <laughs> USB lengthener so that we can sit in here and not... Uh, not on a two, four, four square foot table. Yeah. Not on a tiny little table. Yeah. That really hurts my butt to sit on for very long. <laughs> when you sit on the table. Yep. Yeah. It's sh- not really relevant to recording the podcast, but... <laughs> That table is just not made for sitting. No. I don't care how comfortable my cat makes it look. Exactly. It doesn't... It hurts your butt. It hurts my bum. (laughs) So I've seen... I'm Kate. I've seen every episode of Mad Men. I love it a lot. And we're... We're talking to Ashley. I ain't never seen it. No, you're... This is the first time you've watched all these episodes, which means this is the first time you've seen all the way through season two. You've seen the first two seasons of Mad Men I have. Do you feel like a, a whole... A better closer to being a whole person i do i feel like the further we get in this yeah the more my mom is gonna like me <laughs> <laughs> she already loves me oh, okay. because she's my mom right well yeah but she got so hyped yeah i think i told you yeah she binged it real mm-hmm. quick and she tried her damnedest <laughs> to give me some spoilies yeah and she is really annoyed i would say mm. at how slowly yeah. we're going through it and i think it's right on track we're doing yeah. it in a perfect amount of time absolutely we are but mm-hmm. she is anxious to talk to me about all these things <laughs> so every season every yes. step forward she likes me a little wow. bit more yeah that's a yeah. beautiful story thank you it's... i don't think she listens to this podcast no no maybe she does but i don't think so but i don't she... think she knows about podcasts now did she not start listening to Mad Men because you started this podcast? Okay, yeah, she started watching the show. <laughs> she started watching the show did because I listening to Mad Men. Yeah, she, yeah you well. did. That's okay. She closed her eyes. She just <laughs> she wanted to be taken back to the good old days. You know what? Radio stories. It's worth a it's worth a try. It you is. haven't done that at least for one episode. Yeah, so she knew we were starting this podcast, mm-hmm. and she also knew she always wanted to mm-hmm. watch Mad Men. Yeah, but she just hadn't. Yeah, and so she started. I think they like bought the seasons that is old school yeah right there and that's also i mean the first thing you and she can connect on is the fact that you also started you meant to watch mad men and didn't watch it till this podcast so yes 
Hey, if all of our podcast, if all that this podcast does is bring you and your mother together, <laughs> I'm on season six of the show Mom right now. Oh. So I'm really into like you're into mother daughter relationships, yeah, like complicated relationships, just smoothing themselves out and working out. Yeah, I like Mom a lot. Okay, there's a character on Mom who's later on Mad Men. I cannot wait Ooh, for that yeah. little connectione. Yeah, mm. she's like a small character on both of them, but boy, oh boy. <laughs> Do I love pointing out that person was in that show? Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Just like how on Office Ladies, they yeah. always like to talk about the monk connections. They do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real monk yeah. office universe happening. Yes. A multiverse. Yeah, everyone who was on The Office was also on Monk. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, if you're a working actor in Los Angeles... It tracks. These are the things that you think about. Yeah. You are either on Monk or on SVU. Yes. Law and Order. I mean, so. why stop yourself from being both of them? I would never. Thank you. <laughs> I believe in you, Ashley. Thank you. Do we have anything that we did wrong last week? Um, I'm going to say no because we're mm-hmm. perfect. All right. I'm good with that. Okay. Um... So we didn't. So uh, uh, we doing the thing. There's so many things we do in this thing now. There's so many like things we gotta go through. I need to put out a goddamn checklist for like until we can start talking about the fucking episode. All I wanna do is talk about this show. The Gabagool. The Gabagool. <laughs> We're breaking my balls over here. <laughs> I wanna talk about the men. I carumba. I that's <laughs> Wrong oh, show. Oh, Lord. We've gone in a completely different direction. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, it's the season finale. Ooh, we getting Things can sassy. Happen. We, we, we get real sassy. Wild. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> machine here at mad women hq (laughs) we can read each other we don't need to prepare that's for sure no (laughs) no at 5 p.m on a friday after a long shitty work week that's right we just rolling with it (laughs) everything goes nothing off all right Ashley predicted. Ashley predicted for season two, episode 13, that Don Draper would still be in California, that this was the point where Don and Anna would start to get flirty, Uh just like Adam and Eve. (laughs) That probably would have made sense in the episode. Uh, But he realizes it's too much like sleeping with his mom. He misses Betty and he goes home. Oh, shit. I nailed that. (laughs) You sure did. Uh... Peggy is a boss bitch. Mm. Modern, stark vibes in her office. That's what, (laughs) all right, I figured it out. She has decorated her office in a modernist style Mm -hmm. with giant posters that are just wallpapering every inch uh, of her campaigns. Her secretary is terrified because Peggy's just barking at her and she's just, she's gotten a little too bossy again. Yeah. Yeah. That that one didn't really. Not exactly. It was happening in the ep. We just didn't see it. Right. Just like the, you know, Don realizing that sleeping with Anna was like his mom. Right. So he, like, right. That just happened off camera. Yes. That can happen. Yes. We also know he flew up. He must have gotten back to New York in a plane. We exactly. didn't see that, but what happened. Exactly. Yeah. We can infer. <laughs> <laughs> 
smart. So Trudy is having none of it. Zero of it. She starts ta- she starts taking babies from strangers <laughs> until the apartment is crawling with children. And then Pete picks one up and throws it off the balcony. And Trudy says, you have lost your mind. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, Bert, we never see him, but we hear him crying uh-huh. from his office. Right. And Alice is just walking around insulting people underhandedly so they don't yeah. even realize they're being insulted. Peggy can sense that Don has been with another woman, and she says, Peggy or Betty? Mm. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> the words on the page say Betty. Yeah. But my brain don't like it. Okay. Uh, but she, Betty can sense Don's been with another woman, but she says, whatevs. Too, and she has too much energy to be mad, and her pants, wearing pants was uncomfortable. Well, listen. I mean, you honestly were not far off. I was not far That's off on pretty much what happened. any of that. Yeah, you She's back it. in dresses. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. She's like, man, whatevs, come home. Boom. Kind of, yeah. See? I'm, hey, you did it. I'm Nostradamus. And so the last scene is Don is soundly sleeping, <laughs> and Betty and the kids are staring at him. <laughs> He finally made it back into a bed. That's right. That's he right. would be in a bed. And the lingo is it's a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about that, did you? <laughs> I 100% forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I'm going to take... I'm gonna take my wins. Right. Where you they were. Mm-hmm. You, you, we respect it. All right. So, a synopsis. Hey. Hey. It's real short. I haven't edited it, so maybe I'll just freestyle a little. What do you think? Cool. Do you want me to beatbox for you? Would you mind? No, I can't. Oh damn it. I was getting ready. My name's Don Draper, and I'm here to say that I love to rap in an advertising way. I hate Duck Phillips, and I kind of like Pete, and I want some women with shoes on their feet. Hey! hey. Cooper is in play, and the office scrambles without Don, even though Don shows up, so come on. Betty learns that she's pregnant, Mm. and Peggy finally unburdens herself. Mm. I just made that last one up all on my own. Nice. So, this finely tuned machine has not discussed what order we'll talk in, but I feel like we'll just do all It's all right. We're just going to get it. We're just going to go through the whole episode. So, but now let me tell you something. Tell me something. Betty being pregnant. Yeah. Okay, now, do you remember when I told you that I was listening to the 10th anniversary of CBB? Yes. And good old Johnny and his big ham (laughs) (laughs) was on it. Uh Uh-huh. And he was giving away some spoilies. Yeah, yeah. One of the spoilies was that they had three children. Okay. And Bobby was their middle child, and I was like, whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. Yeah. So, I, at the time, I didn't know if he was doing a little jokesy. Mm, yeah. I thought maybe he was... Yeah. Being funny on right. a comedy podcast. Right. And he was like, well, you know, we got <laughs> little Sally Joe Jenkins. That's yeah. not. He said it was a boy. Right. So now I know this goddamn baby's going to be a boy. I'm sorry, honey. It's all right. Did it ruin everything? No, because I didn't know when it was coming. Yeah. And I wasn't even 100% sure that it was coming. Right. But now that it's here, I know that this goddamn bastard child in her womb has uh-huh. a penis. Yeah. And there's just another goddamn white male coming into the world. <laughs> Fucking boomers. Truly, truly a nightmare. Like, thanks a lot, Don. Right? You couldn't. We're, your pullout game is weak, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
not going to say what I was going to say. So, <laughs> we see, the first thing we see is a deer cross-stitch. Yes. Which. I was so happy. We have a cross-stitcher in the house. Yes. <laughs> and Betty's eyes. Oh. And it's it just keeps, it shoots back and forth between the deers and headlights and She's Betty. a deer in headlights. And she's in a big old puffy-ass dress. It is just like billowed out just perfectly mm-hmm. in this do- in this doctor's mm-hmm. table chair. What do you call that thing? A table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bet yeah, table. I examining table. Saw a nutritionist yesterday Ooh. and it was in like a regular doctor's office. Uh-huh. An examining table. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. And so when I walk in, I got real I got a little surprised cuz the examining table was just full of rubber food. <laughs> what the fuck? So that she could like show, you know, you know, have a quarter of your plate be protein and half your plate be vegetables. And here's a small serving of this and here's a large serving. And put you needed, she needed visual aids? I mean, I didn't, but she did, I guess. No, she did. I don't she know. needed the interesting. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> she's in the doctor's office. It's cold. The doctor has a scarf and tells her. She's pregnant. Oh, yeah. And he says, no more horseback riding. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I... We'll see about that. Cannot be pregnant. Yeah. It's not a good time. It's not a good time. Which is her mantra throughout the episode. Yes. I had a couple acting notes, because I wrote, she's not pleased. Probably. Yeah. I said, <laughs> Betty, quote, unquote, sad, question mark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, oh, and he's like starting to walk out and she says, Dr. Aldridge, are you sure? <laughs> and I wrote that it sounded like a high schooler in a soap opera. Yeah. Just like very. Very flat. But also way more dramatic sounding. Yeah. Just like bad dramatic. It's almost like she's not a good actress. I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder. But she has been blessed with a very resilient figure. Yes. According to the doctor. Well, because he thinks that the reason she can't have a baby is because right. bitch gonna get fat. Yeah. Which is kind of been her whole right. problem the whole time. Mm-hmm. But uh, she kind of, there's a few, there's a couple times, this is the first time where she says it's not a good time enough times for the doctor to recognize that she's considering abortion. Mm-hmm. And... The doctor says it's only for girls without options. And just kind of, like, no. For young girls. Right, young girls. For young girls without... There's alternatives, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's only for young girls with no other options. Right. Which, I guess, could also include adoption. Mm. But that's even less plausible for a right. married woman. Right. So, she he's going, he's going to find... Retrieve the heater from his wife... So that they can examine, she can, uh, he can examine Betty. And Betty just leaves. Yeah. It's like, you know what? No thanks. It's not a good time right now. Not a good time. Later, Doc. Bye. Bye. Uh, then we go, and we see this, this quartet that, like, just spends this whole episode running around like cartoon characters. (laughs) And it's pretty cute. They're very silly. So it's Ken and Paul. Peggy's not really part of it. No, but she's in this meeting. She's in this meeting in Harry's office. And Cooper, Sterling and Cooper have requested all of, like, the annual numbers early. Mm Mm-hmm. And... For all the accounts. Right. And no one knows why. 
Right. And Harry is talking about how Clearasil is missing. He just kind of mentions it, Mm -hmm. which we know is no longer with this account, with this business. And then they start talking about all of the different possibilities that it could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they think they're like, they're speculating maybe there's going to be a California branch, Mm -hmm. an L.A. office. And that's why Draper's still out there. Right, Mm -hmm. right. But Harry is worried because JFK is going to have a speech that night. And it's going to cut into all these sitcoms. Mm-hmm. If his speech goes late, then that's Lucy, then Andy Griffin, and yeah. something else that I didn't hear. Andy Griffith. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you don't watch it, but come on. I know. He's come up three times in a row now. Andy Griffith? Yeah. Because, wait, did I not bring up Matlock <laughs> before? <laughs> you With, sent me privately yeah. the Matlock theme song. <laughs> So, that was not something we shared on air. I forget. Air. I, 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 I conflate uh, all the great theme songs of the 90s. So, dear listener, I'm, in addition to loving the nanny theme song, <laughs> my true theme song love is reserved for the Matlock theme song, which do your fa- yourself a favor and look that up. So, anyway, I'll agree with you. It is a banger. It's a banger. Did I tell you that the other day me and my children uh-huh. listened on repeat several several times the golden girls theme song oh and just rocked the fuck out <laughs> yeah all three of us the little one the three-year-old just like yeah head nodding like nobody's business yeah it we were enjoying it, the hell out of that it's a great song thank you for being a friend do you know like all the words of, like the whole song now of the theme song? Or was it just like the theme song over and over again? It was the theme song. It was like the 40 seconds over and over. I Isn't know there's a real song. Okay, there is a real song. Yes. Okay. By somebody. Hey, you don't have to know the rest of it. I We listened to it, but let me tell you, the real version, mm-hmm. not as much fun as the theme song version. I can believe that. The theme song version is far more, much more of a bop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Songs just go on too long. Most songs... Give me 43 seconds of some good-ass music, oh, yeah. and I'll just put that bitch on repeat. Yeah. If a song is over, like, two and a half minutes long, yeah. it needs to be, like, worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at you, radio heads. <laughs> so... Fish. <laughs> fish. Don't even... Don't even... <laughs> so then we go to Pete's office, and he's eating a sandwich, waiting on a call from North American Aviation, one of the rocket people. Did he look like his hairline was a little... Wonky. He looked weird. He did look a little he weird. He looked some kind of something. Okay. That's all. All right, thanks. So Peggy comes in to ask if anyone had heard about, if he told anyone about Clarissa. Right, she's like, they're going to find out. Yeah. And she tells him, Pete, just tell the truth. Don't worry about the outcome. People respect that. Mm-hmm. Which is the first of many times that Peggy is really into truth-telling the mm-hmm. set. And then she says, I don't want you blaming creative. Or I don't want people blaming yeah. creative. Because <laughs> now she's basically the head of creative. Almost. I mean. At this point. Roundabout. No one else has stepped up. No. And this time I did write that Peggy was horseback riding, but I know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty is horseback riding. Right after the doctor tells yeah. her, don't do that. It's not something you do if you want the baby inside you. Right. She she just like becomes super self-destructive. Yes. This is the first one. But who shows up? <gasps> Good old Donnie D. Donnie D. Now at first I thought maybe she's hallucinating him like he hallucinated her. I wrote seem like an apparition. Yeah. Yes. He did. Because he's just like all of a sudden in the parking lot. When we've never seen him at the stables. No. That's not like. Well in the last yeah. we saw him he was walking into the goddamn ocean. Yeah. 
There was no follow-up with anything that happened in California. Just right. boom, New York. There were all those little things about all the things he was going to do. He was going to go to the the race right. at Long Beach right. and like, work on some cars. And... Now, I told you, if that did not come up in this app, yeah. then I was going to be like, what the fuck was the point of that scene? <laughs> so here I am officially saying, yeah. what the fuck was the point of that scene? Yeah. I don't know, and uh-huh. I don't like it. And all I did was see some yeah. greasy-ass men with their shirts off. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't worth it. I think Don spent the last episode kind of, like, settling into this new life that he thinks he's going to, like, cut and run into. Mm. And he realizes at the end, like, with the tarot reading, that, like, it's not going to work for him. Mm. Like, he... This episode, he resumes all of the things that he had shed. He's back in his own clothes. He ends up in his own house. He's back in his own job. He's mm-hmm. in his office. Like, he takes possession of it. And it's like, he sees Betty on her own first, and then he sees the kids on their own. Like, he's, he's like, doing it all piece by piece. And I think everything in the last episode was just him, you know, trying on a different skin. All right. Like, An egger suit? An egger suit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Don shows up and he says, I'd do anything I could to undo what happened. And Betty says, what happened? And Don says, I was not respectful to you, which is the first time he meant he like even a little bit admits that he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But he still doesn't say I no. cheated on you. No, he still doesn't say you yeah. were right. I slept with mm-hmm. Bobby Barrett. Right. It's just I wasn't respectful to you, which could mean yeah. a million things. It could. She seems to accept it. Yeah. Whatevs. Well, she's... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she says, well, now I know I'm not crazy. Yeah. Which, let me tell you, that goes a long way. It, I bet. To just Absolutely. have somebody be like, you're right, I mm-hmm. was being a dick. You're like, thank you, I'm yeah. not fucking crazy. And, like, which is exactly the reaction she had when her old nurse told her that her father was actually sick. Right. So... She's just tired of people keeping stuff from her. Stop gaslighting. She's a grown-up. Tell her the truth. Uh, And Don is saying that he can't walk away from this. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's what he was thinking of doing, was walking away from it. And he just realizes he can't. I wouldn't be surprised if the little boy that he saw when he was in the pool during the jet set is still on his mind. Or the little boy at the... with the hot rods. Yeah. Or the little boy who was playing piano, who I thought was a secret love child. <laughs> there were a lot of little boys. There were a lot of little too. boys. How come no little girls? He clearly likes Sally yeah. better than he likes Bobby. Let's just be it's real. It's an interesting question. Because he definitely, like, relates the most to Sally. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, spoiler alert, the whole series. <laughs> but it's always little boys that he, like, move him. Hmm. Maybe because know. he was a little boy. That's probably it. Blech. Eh. Gross. Gross. <laughs> 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 <Hey>. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I looked it up, and the actor who played uh, Bobby with the Yogi Bear mask was Aaron Hart, who is also who is the actor who has been playing Bobby this season. All right. You know, like, All right. Face and everything. Okay. So, <laughs> face <yeah>. and everything. <laughs> So All I, the bits of right. Bobby. Yeah, so I guess, you know, they they called him in, too. Okay. So she tells him that she'll call. I, I wrote who, because, like, where, does, where is she going to call? But I guess... Probably or, the office. Yeah. Or the hotel. 
I guess it was just like at that point he hadn't gone to the office yeah. in a while, but yeah, it was the office. So then we see Pete going to Duck's office, mm-hmm. and Duck is just pouring himself a drink. He is just off the wagon. He is yes. not. He can't even see it anymore. He no. fell off it, and he yeah. tumbled down the hill, uh-huh. and the wagon went rolling on without right. him. Now he's just like kind of stumbling around, mm-hmm. nowhere near the wagon, mm-hmm. and like. Thinks he's on top of the goddamn world. Yeah. He's got Draper in the palm of his hand. He's like, I'm going to squeeze. He's going to squeeze everything he can get out of that guy. Yeah. And he uh, tells, Pete tells Duck that they lost Clearasil. He says sales are strong and creative is strong, but we are not suited for business together. And Duck says, your father-in-law? That's a sticky wicket. A sticky wicket! <laughs> why didn't I predict sticky wicket? That's a good one. That's a great one. Yeah. Also, why don't we say sticky wicket more often? Because no one says plays cricket in America. Well, I'm British. And your last name is Brit. So it's... we have no excuses. I feel like you... Mine doesn't count for as much as yours does. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a fair balance I'm just me. saying... There's a lot of Brits in this room right now. Like, I will agree to use the term Sticky Wicked. Okay. I will not agree to watch or learn anything about cricket. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I have watched a lot of cricket. It's not... Don't. It seems... The consensus seems to be it's boring It's very boring. It's very boring, very difficult. It takes a very long time. And, I mean, colonialist. Thank you very much. It's more just white dudes. Gross. Blech. Unless, like, Indian people are playing it, then it's all right. Then it's fine. It's fine. If they want to. That's Cricket Wicket with <laughs> Kate and Ashley. So Pete uh, finally learns. Duck spills the Duck is like, beans. PPP, bought out SC. Mm-hmm. We gonna BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> you down with OPP? Hell yeah. And Pete's like, yeah, you know me. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't even a big deal because PPP has Lever Brothers and it was going to be in conflict with... They were going to have to dump clear. They were going to have anyway. to dump it anyway. Who gives a shit? Get out of here, Zit. Get the fuck out of here, Zit. <laughs> we want bad soap. We don't need face... Exactly. I assume. Lever soap, I associate with being, like, really cheap. I'm drying. And, like, plasticky. Okay. All right. Fuck All you, right. Lever Brothers. <laughs> so, Pete tells... No. Duck tells Pete, your loyalty and enthusiasm during the American Airlines thing showed real character... I'd like you to replace me as head of accounts. Mm. And so Pete, you know, mate, <clears throat> Pete submitting himself to the humiliation uh-huh. of like supporting American Airlines after his father has died, uh, even though that didn't bring in American Airlines. Right. Showed, it showed that Pete's loyalty is to Duck. Right. And... So Duck says, I'm going to be the president. Duck's got such a hard on for Pete. He does. He's like, this is my guy. Oh, yeah. He brought Freddie Rumson to me. Yeah. So that I could, you know, maneuver around that. And now he's going to be, you know, his, like, the the proxy, you know? Mm -hmm. Do whatever Duck wants. Exactly. Hmm. I'm talking good today. (laughs) Good at the talks. And he says, like, Pete asked if Draper had signed off on it. And and Doug says, Don shows up, he'll fall in line. He'll have to or find another profession, 
That's why God put non-compete clauses in contracts. Ooh, but God ain't got no fucking contract. Yeah. So, like, you, you, you knew that. Oh, girl. Okay. Oh, girl. It's one of those things that, like, I think if we didn't have a podcast where we discussed every episode, a lot of that. detail. I know I have. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know what has stuck with me or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So clearly we know that Duck is missing information. Uh-huh. And it's kind of, it was very relieving for me to, like, know that that was going to happen so that, like, the rest of the episode I'm not, like, I'm like, all right, something's going to happen with mm. that. Don's going to fix it. <laughs> like, did you feel that No. Was a- so I remembered that he doesn't have a contract. Yes. But I didn't put two and two together yet that that was going to be used ah. against Duck. Okay. I just remember him saying, oh, that's why we put non-compete clauses in contracts. And yeah. I was like, but Don doesn't have a contract. Okay, so you remember, like, just enough yes. to not spoil it for you, yes. but to pick up on what was being put down. Mm-hmm. Mm. The little seeds, the little breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. A little how you say foreshadowing. <laughs> Dramatic <laughs> irony, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they'll all talk when they work for the uh, English it people. It is, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's a British sticker, voice. Sticker worker. <laughs> oh, look, now see, you didn't want to do a British accent on the pod, but you're doing great. <laughs> uh, the Queen of England come to tea tomorrow. <laughs> you don't not sound like a Muppet. <laughs> uh, uh, Bert. <laughs> Where's the soap, Bert? <laughs> so when Pete leaves this office, <laughs> he now has head of accounts, the thing that he wanted. He was from Don. Way back before finale. Duck came. Yeah. It was the last season finale that he was like chasing Don. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, and Duck is like, here you go. I'm going to be president, mm-hmm. and you're going to be head of accounts, yeah. and we're going to get Don the fuck out of here. And Pete doesn't look very happy about it. No. He, like, makes a face as he's leaving. He, Yeah, it's, he's, I feel like Pete, uh-huh. being a sort of little chaos monster in and of himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, is sensing Duck's snakiness mm. and chaos monstery. Yes. He can tell this isn't how he was supposed to get this. Right. And Don not knowing about it just doesn't seem right to Pete. Right. So And especially all this business about non compete clauses and and Duck seeming very like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Because Pete knows Mm -hmm. how amazing Don is. True. Yeah. Like getting rid of Don is not gonna be a good (laughs) look for this company. Yes. Like he that's exactly right. He depends on Don Mm -hmm. for everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the next scene, we see Don is watching TV in the hotel. There's a lot of TV in this episode. And what he's watching is JFK announcing the start of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. So, here's a just a, a small summary of the Cuban Missile Crisis, because I don't know. So, also <laughs> known as the October Crisis, the 13-day standoff in October 1962 between the United States and the Soviet Union over ballistic missiles deployed in Cuba was the height of nuclear escalation during the Cold War. The crisis was sparked by a confrontation. The U.S. intercepted intercepted a new shipment of missiles. It ended with JFK and Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev reaching an agreement the Soviets would dismantle their weapons in exchange for the United States' promise to never invade Cuba without provocation in a secret deal the U.S. gave up some missiles in Turkey, too. I don't know why I said it that way. But, so that's what frames this whole episode. Right. Is 
the absolute worst nightmare of right. everyone alive at that point, just convinced that they were all, this was it. Right. They were going, the bomb was on its way, it yeah. was off the coast of Florida, we're done for. Right. So that's fun. There's a lot of stress. Stress. In this app. And a lot of characters, there's a lot of uh, metaphors that yeah. whatever stage the crisis is at. Yeah. Seems to relate to whatever conversation people are having, which mm. I'm fine with. But mm. I also don't intend to get a very robust understanding of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So sure. don't expect that, listeners. <laughs> You're not going to get facts from us. No, no, nay, nay. Go read the Wikipedia article like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> We're TV watchers. We're not historians. Yeah, yeah we're not your dad watching uh, mm. History Channel documentaries Mm-mm. all the time. No, we are not. Jesus. Gross. Leave us alone. We're young, vibrant women. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Don is in this hotel, and he picks up the phone like he's going to call somebody, and then he thinks about it, and then he hangs the phone up. When? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? When does this happen? This is like a really short time, a short scene, when we see JFK making the speech. Oh, yeah, okay. And Don sitting on the bed. Oh, Don watching from hotel. I wrote it down. It was hidden. Okay. Hey, hey. We're all there. All right. So I was just, I don't, I wonder who he was planning to call. Like, maybe Betty? That would be my guess. Maybe Anna? That would be my second guess. Maybe Peggy? That would not be my guess. Hmm. He's called her when we didn't expect it before. Yeah, but he's not in crisis right now. But also, we did mm. not mention the name of this app. What's the name of this app? Meditations in an Emergency. <laughs> I turned it into an emergency. <laughs> For everyone listening you in your, earbuds. You yourself were an emergency. Yeah, someone should call the authorities <laughs> because of me. It is Meditations in the Mercy, which is the name of the book of poetry, and I still haven't read any more than I did last episode. Perfect. But guess what? What? There's an emergency happening right now. There sure is. And some people, they gotta keep their calm. They sure do. They can't just go around, you know, with their hair on fire. No, there's a few emergencies happening. There's, like, some fires need to be put out. Uh-huh. High stakes. Dear listener, if you were just thinking that you were being trapped by the police, mm. uh, that was just Ashley and I doing our Foley work. Our amazing Foley work. Yes, we are both trained in the Prairie Home Companion School of Foley art- Artistry. Now listen, have I ever told you mm. that my dream, like mm. no joke, my dream is to be a Foley artist? Really? Yes. In what, like where? What kind of? For like Hollywood. Okay. To be like... To be the dudes uh-huh. or the ladies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to be the people. You're not making another announcement along with this. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. Okay. Um, but to be the person. Yes. Who makes like squish sounds and yeah. clap sounds and takes the shoes and like walks them with your hands yeah. on the wooden floor. Yeah. That's so cool. Definitely. And finds like cool ways. To make different kinds of sounds using something else, like squishing yeah. a tomato yeah. to be like, 
don't know, grabbing a heart or something. I thought you were saying it in the other direction. <laughs> like they were representing <laughs> squishing a tomato by just squeezing a heart. And I was like, I feel like tomatoes, they could just squish a tomato. Yeah, that's not what I was saying. So do you have any sound tricks? Well, now listen, give me something to Foley. <laughs> uh, a, a, a heart squishing. <laughs> Okay, ready? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, listener. I didn't mean to bring that into your ears. I apologize. Or, or, creaky door. You ready? Creaky door. Creak. <laughs> wow. Or, okay, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here uh-huh. is an angry duck. Okay. <laughs> that bitch is pissed. So you think that, like, when they're making Marvel movies and they need an angry duck, they're just, like, a person? They don't, like, record duck sounds. No, no. They just have a, a person. Here's a laser blaster. Pew, pew, pew! <laughs> well, I know that whenever we... Do any kind of radio play, you yeah. will be our Foley artist. <gasps> Thank you. Here's a here's a pillow fight. <laughs> Ready? Pillow fight. Flap. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for including the like the hit person. The yeah, hit that's the person who gets destroyed. Yeah. Destroyed, destroyed by a pillow. Well, you're being destroyed by pillows right now. I am. Okay, dear listener, I have set up a makeshift soundproofing mm-hmm. by um, carefully. Constructing two of Kate's throw pillows mm-hmm. and TPing them against themselves. Right. But I'm getting a little too wild and so one keeps falling. Yeah. My energy, like I'm not even touching it. Yeah. But the energy of my Foley <laughs> radiating off of me. I guess I'll take my feet off the table. Here. They're balancing also. <laughs> yeah. So that's my Foley work. That's beautiful. Would you like to hear anything else? I, I feel like. When it comes up, okay, you can just like add. You okay. did a copier last episode, I and that was beautiful. It foley was incredible work. foley See? work. See, I can. Oh, that's pretty good. That's. Pretty I'll cut good. that out if it's I just disgusting. Oh, no, I like it. I'll teach you later. <laughs> so the next morning, yeah, Don's walking in. There's rain on his coat. He's all wet. It's a rainy day. It's a stormy day. Mm-hmm. All the radios, you, all you hear is just like, Cuban Missile Crisis coverage. Yeah. Cuban Missile Crisis, crisis coverage. <laughs> Cuban Missile Crisis coverage. Mi- Cuban Missile Crisis coverage. Cuban Missile Crisis coverage. There you go. And everyone's looking at Don, and it took me a minute to realize, oh, it's because he hasn't been he hasn't there in forever. been there, yeah. So, do we know? So, if this is... In October, mm-hmm. I don't actually know what days in October the Cuban Missile Crisis coverage covered, but we know that he was still in, like, Pete got back from California and it was late September. Okay. And he'd been gone for a week. So we're at least... Well, he, Don's been gone for three weeks. He's been gone for three weeks. Because they say that later. Oh. He's been gone for three weeks. That's very useful. Thank you for mm-hmm. saying that. Don's been gone for three weeks. We can, so the Cuban yeah. Missile Crisis yes. lasted from October 16th, my mother's birthday, 1962, okay. to October 28th, 1962. It's four days after my dad's birthday. Oh, so it's 
pretty much the same. Let's see. It started when my mom was five on her fifth birthday. Uh, my dad. But she was in England, so. Turn, so that didn't count didn't for count. as much. No. My dad turned six. Nope. My dad turned eight oh. during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Whew. What a time. Damn. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> with the Cuban Missile Crisis again. <laughs> So there's, uh, he says hi to a couple secretaries. Joan stands up and says, well, Mr. Draper, you're a sight for sore eyes. Mm-hmm. Peggy pops out of her little office and Don, like, is surprised. He's so surprised. Her outfit is so cute. Tell us about it. <sighs> it's so cute. Okay. It's black and white. Yeah. I think. It's like checked on if the top. If you don't remember, it's okay. I remember. It's it's in my brain. It's okay. either black and white or like white and dark gray. Okay. It's that All right. scheme. Yes. But it's it's a very form-fitted pencil dress. Uh-huh. Very cute. And it's checked on the top, but then the bottom is solid. Yeah. But it has this like, um, it's got these little cap sleeves uh-huh. and a high collar. Yes. That's the checked part. But then it has a sweetheart neckline yeah. of the dark gray part. So okay. it looks like she's wearing the sexy little dress, but mm. with a shirt underneath. But it's all one dress. Mm. And it's real cute, <laughs> cute, cute. I wrote, Peggy's outfit. Yeah. All exclamations. Damn, girl, where'd you get that dress? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it just took a nap, but we got yeah. there. Yeah. You frequently, like, it skips a generation it's a, it's kind a of thing. skip a generation. Yeah. Yeah. So Don... Is like delighted. He is in a good mood. Oh yeah. And he says to Joan, "Well, other than her office and haircut, is there anything new I need to know about?" And Peggy seems real bashful. So Pete looked at Peggy and was like, "What's different about you?" Paul looked at Peggy and says, "What's different about you?" Don's just like, "She got a new haircut." Mm-hmm. Because Don actually paid attention to Peggy before she got like the modern haircut. Right. And it's so sweet, and Peggy looks so happy. She does. Well, he asked her, do I work for you now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is very cute. It's so cute. And I wrote, like, Don is just, like, in the warmth of, like, Peggy and Joan. They're Mm -hmm. the ones who always didn't care where he was. Right. They were like, wherever he is, he's got his reasons for doing it. So, like, it's this, like, wonderful little welcome party. And even Hildy, like, says, like... The women in the office love him for, like, yeah. good reasons. Yeah. And it's really sweet. It is sweet. Yeah. He's, like, actually has good women in his life mm-hmm. that they're treating each other well. Yeah. But these scenes were very sweet. Yeah. And so Joan tells him, you know, you got a bunch of work. Roger and Duck both want to see you. And she, uh, she says that there's a safety protocol for civil defense. And she, like, wants... She wants, you know, everyone to have a meeting and be like, this is what happens if we get right. hit by a missile. And Don's like, it's not going to be worth the trouble. Right. And I was thinking how when Don dropped out of being Don Draper, he was in that meeting and looking at, like, all these missiles that mm. can, well, I guess it was right after it, but right. the missiles that can destroy everything. And then right. when it comes back, it's the fucking Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. So he's... It's not like it got better, <laughs> the things that were scaring him. Right. But also, he and Pete both talk about how dangerous the missiles are mm-hmm. to women who are like, well, thanks a lot. I thought I was feeling better about things. And it's like both of them were steeped in the missile conference. Like, they had right. learned about it. Right. And now they're coming back and being like, hey... 
it ain't just a bomb. You're we're going to die. Like, right? Why are we even? And, and maybe that's why they're both kind of like not worried about it as much right. because they're like, there's nothing you're gonna do. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. They already had their abject terror right in california right so then pete comes in and he's so incredulous he is pissy he is pissy yeah i wouldn't say he's pissed right but he's pissy yes he's like here are all the things that i've been wanting to say at you Uh for three weeks but then don is like you know what i only did it because i knew you could handle it Mm -hmm. and pete is like so proud yeah and he immediately is like i'm this close to north american aviation uh-huh. like he's so excited to have done well right and don tells him good job and pete's just like mm-hmm. he does the gif where he closes yeah. his eyes and then opens <laughs> them again yeah i mean when he's saying pete is like i didn't have a car it was mm-hmm. so hard to get to these meetings yeah. and you're like but you did it. Yeah. I knew you could handle it. Uh-huh. And then Pete says, yeah, I've almost got this client. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. see, told you you could handle it. Yeah. Nice work. And Pete's like, oh. <laughs> oh. And Don tells him, I know you want everything at the minute you want it, but sometimes it's better to wait until you're ready. And and Pete says, do you think I'm ready? And Don says, yeah, you proved it. And Pete's like genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. And he walks out of that, with a, that room with a smile. And so it's like, you have Duck who hands him head of accounts, which he was desperate for, mm-hmm. and he's, like, not happy about it, all Don does is compliment him. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, on top of the world. That's because Don actually knows what the fuck he's talking about yeah. and is worth a damn. Yeah. So getting praise from Don, getting legitimate praise from mm-hmm. Don is worth so much more than being handed yeah. whatever from Duck, who isn't worth a damn. Right. He only got that because of his loyalty, not because of his, like, skill or right. talent. I think Pete... He starts off really resentful of all the attention that creative gets. And it's like he wants to be in creative, or he wants to have his creative ideas recognized because his accounting skills are not recognized. Yeah. But I think as the show goes on, he gets more comfortable at just being really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, he was able to do all of these things on his own, and he didn't need creative. He didn't need Don there to do it. So he's... uh, you know, his his daddy gave him a pat on the back. Yeah. He needed it. Yeah. And then there's, like, a good 25 seconds of Don just, like, I don't know if that's true. Like, just maybe 10 <laughs> seconds of watching the storm out the window. Yeah. It was, like, in know. California where he's looking out the window at the ocean. Yes. Just spending a good long minute mm-hmm. staring out the window. Mm-hmm. Now he's doing it back home yeah. in New York and there's this big storm a-brewing. Yeah. World's on fire. Whew. How about yours? Sorry. I oh. won't start singing. I swear. Oh God! But Not that would... song right now. Maybe Thank another you. time. Is that the album you had? Didn't you say you had that album? I had both of Smash Mouth's first albums, and so of course I had All Star. Okay. It, the album was called Astro Lounge. So then we <laughs> see Roger is reading a newspaper in his office, and yeah. Don comes in, and he's like pretty cocky. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, I'm back." Hey, the walls are still standing. Uh-huh. I guess well, he you didn't says me. He says you wanted to see me, and uh-huh. Roger says, "Yeah, about three weeks ago." <laughs> okay, which yeah. is where we learn that he's been gone for three uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. And so Don's like, "The walls are still standing," and Roger says, "They are, but we sold them." Mm-hmm. And then Roger gets real cocky, and he's just like singing the praises of all the money that he's made Don. And Don's like shocked. Yeah, but as soon as. <laughs> Roger says it was the best vacation you ever took. Yeah, he says you'll clear a little over half a million dollars. Yeah. Best vacation you ever took. Now, do you want to know 
what half a million dollars in 1962 is in 2021 dollars. Ashley, there's nothing I want more <laughs> in this world than to know that. Okay. Half a million dollars in 1962 is the equivalent purchasing power of... <laughs> $4,385,380.79. That's a good chunk of change. Yep. So about 4.3, well, almost $4.4 million. And he cleared a little over half a million. So we're going to call it a cool $4.5 million. You know what? Nothing to complain about. No. Nope. Donnie D. No. Nope. Don is totally dumbstruck. But then Roger tells him that Duck put it all together and he met the English people in some bar. In some bar. And Don immediately is like, wait, Duck was in a bar? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's the only person mm-hmm. to even start suggesting that something is amiss. Mm-hmm. Because Duck didn't hang out in bars. Right. So why would he just happen to meet someone in one? And Roger says that he doesn't have a wife, so that's what you do. Uh, you hang out in a bar. <laughs> Don asks, any conflicts? And Roger says, Mona hasn't been pleasant since my engagement. <laughs> yeah, because Don doesn't even know about that. Yeah, he doesn't know. And Yeah, right. And so Don's like, congratulations. Right. And Roger says that like Bert and Alice Cooper were the ones who were really kind of pushing it. Is that what he was saying? I think so. Yeah. Which is not true. No. But... Roger doesn't like taking responsibility. No. And then here's here's some symbolic Cuban Missile Crisis talk, which is Roger saying, Kennedy's daring them to bomb us right when I got a second chance. And yeah. Don says, we don't know what's really going on. Yeah. We don't know what's going on with Kennedy and the bomb. We don't know what's going on with your second chance. Or with PPP. Exactly. And SC. That's the second chance. Oh. Well, I guess Jane's the second chance. Right. But I feel like that's PPP how I took it. and SC are giving them that second chance. Mm-hmm. But yes, you're right. You're you. totally right. Thank you. We don't know what's going on. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of things that we don't know what's going on. We don't on. even know what this storm's all about. Mm-hmm. What if there was like just a tornado? That'd be scary. And then it turned into like a disaster TV show. I wouldn't like it as much. I wouldn't either. I don't like that kind of show. Me neither. So then we are in church. And Father Gill is giving a fiery sermon. Yes, he is. On forgiving Trent. You know, like Catholic sermon. I mean, I guess all religious sermons. They're a lot like one of those TV shows where it's ripped from the headlines. Yes. So whatever's going on is converted into some kind of biblical uh, teaching. Uh huh. I just wrote Father Gill talking about Jesus and bombs. There you go. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. And. <laughs> Preparing yourself for the most important summit meeting of all. Yes. That makes me cringe yes. so hard. And Peggy is in the congregation with her mother. Mm-hmm. And Father Gill ends with a prayer to say, We are sinners. We are all sinners, every one of us. But at least give us the courage and the common sense to admit it, to confess it, and to repair it. And give us the assurance, life on earth, life on earth, that when there's a temporary life... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I did not write down what he said. I it was like just Jesus and bombs. Voice to text in it. Okay. All right. Really, the 
admit it, confess it, repair it is yes. the important part. The rest yes. of it was just boilerplate prayer. Yeah, so that was just boilerplate. Just Jesus. You just make a copy of that. Sweet Jesus. You can print out a template of that prayer from Google Images. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we're at a, a place we've, I don't know that we've ever been before. Peggy, <laughs> Betty's beauty shop. Yeah, she's at the salon. She's at the salon. She, and, and every, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, everybody's got their hair in curlers again, mm-hmm. their hair set. They sure are. Mm-hmm. Including the OG PPP. OG PPP. Francine. Yeah. <laughs> and, Perpetually pregnant Patty. Yeah. So there's one lady like leaves and all of the stylists start. Let me tell you something. Talking about her. Tell I, me. I, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I completely forgot that her name was Francine. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Uh-huh. Cause we've just called her perpetually pregnant Patty. Yeah. And we, you and I have called her PPP. And uh-huh. I was like, why would the show put another name in there? That's so close <laughs> to perpetually pregnant Patty. Like, why is there another PPP? <laughs> There's not. They didn't no. do that. There's not one PPP. <laughs> it's In not fact, a single PPP. You have inserted two PPPs into this show. You need to watch where you put your PPP. Because too many PPPs in one place can get confusing. It can get conf- I, I have been confused mm-hmm. every time I talk about PPP. And I'm like, why would they do that? <laughs> That's because her name is fucking Francine. Hey, I mean, She'll always be PPP yeah, in my I heart. have written her in my notes as PPP. <laughs> I just remember that her name is Francine. It's, we we well, just have, like, uh, jargon yes. that goes along with this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Perpetually Pregnant Patty. <laughs> all right. Anyway. So, Perpetually Pregnant Patty, uh, all of the stylists are just talking about some lady who leaves, and they say that, like, she thinks she's better than everybody because she has a bomb shelter. Yeah. And then they're just talking about rumors. And it's... I feel like this whole episode, you could go through it and just write down all of the different rumors that people say Mm -hmm. and how they, it's interesting, like how they change. I'm sure that they are connected with like that day's news, you know, Mm. they probably change from day to day. So I would be interested in like how the writers cobble together like a bunch of different, you know, rumor of the day for the Cuban Missile Crisis. It bothers... Uh, so PPP gets in on talking about rumors. Some lady is there with her daughter who's mm-hmm. also getting her hair styled and she's like, don't, you're bothering my little girl. Well, cause they're talking about the bomb and it's yeah. kind of scary and they're all freaking out and this little girl's her yeah. like, I don't know, eight or nine. And the yeah. mom says, you're upsetting my daughter. Can we right. not talk about this? Yeah. And Francie is like, uh, well, I guess I'll just all go fuck myself now. It's nice to feel the warmth of the community in a time of crisis. That's exactly what she's like. Francine doesn't care about your little girl. Nope, nope. And goes to talk to Betty, who's like waiting for a stylist, and she says, "Betty, you're one. You're one." They always yes. give her like some fun little lingo. Uh huh. And offers her a Milltown. Do you know what a Milltown is? I'm gonna guess it's drugs. It is a tranquilizer. Okay, that's and, well, that would have been my guess. It's apparently, I looked it up, it was like really, really, really popular in the 50s. Okay. Because Hollywood people, it was the first drug. It had the unique property of relaxing users while keeping them awake and alert. Mm. And the inventor wanted to classify it as a sedative, but an associate convinced him that the market was full of sedatives and what the world really wanted was tranquility. 
So instead of just something that totally knocks you out. So apparently Hollywood uh-huh. got really into it because they could just party all the time and feel good uh-huh. without uh, without going to sleep. Right. But then I, like, Benzos, uh-huh. I believe, became popular in the 60s and pushed Milltown. But uh, this is still, like, something you can... I want a Milltown. I, I do, great. too. It sounds awesome. Right? Just be, like, yeah. relaxed but still awake. Hell yeah. Girl, yes, please. I took a Xanax. Yeah? It just knocks you the fuck out. Right. You just fall asleep. Yeah. And apparently a Milltown with alcohol is very bad news, so you know I want to try that. <laughs> like, in the comfort of my own couch. Okay. I'm not going out partying, like, four loco bullshit. <laughs> I'm not drinking a Red Bull and, like, drinking vodka. I just want a Your Milltown. Your Alabama is coming I just want a little, little Milltown and gin. Is that is that so bad? <laughs> I don't know anyone who talks like that. I ain't never heard you be so Bama before. Well, look, when drugs come into the picture... <laughs> I just, I want to be, I want to be where the people you are. You want to be crunk. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to get crunk this weekend with a little Milltown, a little <laughs> Charles Shaw. <laughs> Some 1960s drugs and three yeah. buck chuck. <clears throat> yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I'm glad that you've inflated your prices on the name of the wine, too. Three buck chuck? Well, it's two buck chuck. In Michigan, it's three buck chuck. It's... In Michigan, it's two ninety nine. It definitely does cost more than three dollars, more than two dollars now. Mm. But the original name was Two Buck Chuck, and I hadn't yet heard anyone upgrade the name along with the upgrading oh, prices. Oh, see, I've always called it Three Buck Chuck. Okay, I think because it's always cost three dollars well, in Michigan. I had heard that in other parts of yeah. the country it was two dollars, and so yeah. it had the moniker Two Buck Chuck. Right. But in my circles, yeah, here in fancy. Uh-huh. Michigan. In Michigan, which mm. takes its alcohol very seriously. Very seriously. Yes. We called it Three Buck Chuck. All right, well. I ain't got nothing against two or three buck chuck. Hey, this is just a peaceful conversation <laughs> between two people from different regions of the country. <laughs> I'm just it saying it doesn't taste as bad as the dollar sign would make you think. Oh, no, I, I've had plenty of Charles Shaw. Yeah. It was just the first wine that I could think of. Mm, sure, sure, sure. I, orig- I like how originally it was Milltown with gin. Yeah. And now it's Milltown with two buck chuck. Uh-huh. Uh, I liked, I liked yeah. this Alabama character yeah, what's up? getting real crunk with a 1960s <laughs> drug uh-huh. and fancy gin. Yeah. A little beef eater. Yeah. Maybe a little, little uh, squeeze of lime. I mm. <laughs> uh, carbonate some water with some my soda tonic, stream. Tonic, yeah. Oh. No, I don't do tonic because okay. it's got calories, and I don't, I don't fuck with the calorie drinks. I just unless it's like alcohol or a protein shake, I don't drink my calories. Okay, see what I'm saying? Okay, see, yeah. All right, that's why I'm so svelte. <laughs> <laughs> Is this character Katie? Mm, no, it is not. Okay, <laughs> there is no one in my family that talks like this, <laughs> including me. Okay, just checking in. So, anyway. Milltown. So, Betty tells Perpetually Pregnant Patty. She's like, I'm Perpetually Pregnant Betty. Hey. I'm PPB. That's amazing. If we want to confuse me even more, we can start calling her that. <laughs> and uh, Francine says, congratulations? Yeah. Shrug emoji? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, what's her name just keeps insisting, it's not a good time. Mm-hmm. Until Perpetually Pregnant Patty Patty. 
eventually like kind of gets low and like drops her voice and was like all right well if you're serious you can go to this doctor in albany or go to puerto rico where they do it in hospitals but maybe not right now it's not a good time right now go toward the bombs right but sometimes the best thing is just to do nothing and wait yeah yeah listen when you've got a parasite yeah just wait and see what Uh happens that's that's the the best Wait until, like, the responsibility is out of your hands. Yes. And then you don't have to think about it. It's right. fine. Right. Yeah. It's a good It's a good policy for any task or <laughs> pregnancy. Yeah. Which is a task. It, Being pregnant is just oh my a task. God. It's a chore. It's a 19-year-long task. Am I right? Are you right? Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> then we get back to the Marx Brothers. Uh, Paul and Ken and Sal are just smacking a TV that has got... It's all fuzzy. Fuzzy. What's that called? Snow. They call it snow. snow. Uh, in Harry's office, because Harry has a TV. Has the TV. Because he has to. And Ken's like, either either the Soviets fired on us or we fired on the Soviets, but yeah. we need to watch. And then Harry goes back and fills with the cable, breaks it, and yeah. he's like, see what you guys did? Yeah. He gets pissed at them for making him yeah. break the TV. And then Sal is like, I hope the Soviets have someone like you to build their rockets. <laughs> and who's the one who went down south? I can't ever remember their names. Paul. Paul. Yes. Paul says, everyone's looking at us on the streets. Yeah. And Ken is like, that's because you have a Castro beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so what was that? Why was he saying people were looking at us? I don't know. I don't know what that meant. I mean, is it just everybody's suspicious of everybody because you know like who's a commie right who's a what right so maybe it's just everyone is suspicious of everyone nobody really knows what's going on and that's why ken is like well yeah they're looking at you because you have a castro beard that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. definitely once again harry mostly just cares about his job Mm -hmm. the next we see ken has retrieved lois who we haven't seen in a while well, because they realize now that they want they want to know everybody in all the departments. Right. At first they wanted to know all yes. the money in the accounts. Mm-hmm. Now they want to know all the departments, and yeah. they're like, they're counting us. Yeah. Something is happening. They want to know where all the money is. Yeah. We need to get to the source. This can't be good. Right. So, uh, Lois, she's putting her earring back on, which is sweet, because anyone who answered a phone before, like, 1997 had to take off their earring <laughs> to talk. So, Paul... God, I wrote it down word for word. Paul says, actually, Lois, this is more of a security issue. Certain calls may have been made using the code words Los Angeles. <laughs> and it's like he's in full on spy mode. Uh-huh. Like he's conflated the Cold War. Right. And I wonder what other allegorical <laughs> roles people are playing. That's mm. fine. Uh, but they really peer pressure Lois into blabbing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, we're your friend. We would do it for you. Uh-huh. And because she's on the switchboard. So right, so she, she hears everything. She hears things. And, and she says, like, you know we can't talk about what yeah. we hear on the switchboard. And they're like, this is important. This is real. And yeah. we'll be, well, they promise after. So Lois says, have you ever heard of Putnam, Powell, and Lowe? Mm. And, and, like, they're they're merging with Sterling Cooper. And Harry says, are they purchasing Sterling Cooper or are they combining with them? Uh-huh. And Lois, and he does, like, a, 
you know, a demonstrative fingers together hands. Mm-hmm. And Lois just looks at him like, you asshole. Mm-hmm. I know what these words mean. And she's like, it's a merger. <laughs> but there's definitely going to be some redundancies. And if any of you gets to stay, one of you has to take me off the switchboard. Yeah. Did you ever watch... So we know you're a big Office fan. Whew. American Office. Yes. You got it. And British. So you do know the British Office. Yes. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. Because this is very much like... Redundancy. The first episode of yes. the British Office. Yes. Right? Which is really funny. And uh, the way that, like, the American one, they turned it into downsizing? Downsizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Extras? I did. Oh, wasn't oh, yeah. it so good? I love Extras. So good. It makes i love seeing celebrities playing like naughty versions of themselves oh my god amazing every one of them is so good the kate winslet episode the mm-hmm. dame judy dench episode the one where daniel radcliffe yes. is playing with a cot like he's just so horny yeah like the extras version of daniel radcliffe as like he was still making the harry potter movie oh yeah and he was he's probably like, like 17 yeah yeah and he's just like he's got a condom that he has taken out of the wrapper and he's just like playing with it like he's being really impressive <laughs> until it shoots across the room and it lands on a different dame uh-huh. uh diana riggs is it her oh, some, i don't know some like fancy british actress right and he makes her she makes him apologize yes for the prophylactic <laughs> Like, while she still has it on. I don't know. I love extras. It's such a great show. Uh, yeah. When extras first came out, yes. I had a friend who lived in um, Idaho. Yeah. We only ever knew each other online. Like, still to this day, we've never met, but we're oh. still good buddies. Okay. He would download the episodes somehow yeah. and send them to me. Oh. And then we would watch them together. Oh. So we would be, like, on AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. We'd be like, okay, ready, set, hit play. Yeah. So we'd watch it at the same time and then, like... LOL, <laughs> you know, like chatting with yeah. each other. It was like live tweeting, That's but with fun. just one friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Tyler in Idaho. Hey, Tyler in Idaho. <laughs> Thanks for being such a good friend to our <laughs> Ashley. No. Yeah, love extras. Love The Office. Ricky Gervais can do whatever dumb shit he wants now. And Stephen Merchant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they made two perfect television shows. Yes. So, then, we see Don. He's in his hotel room, opens the door, and we know it's the kids because we hear, Daddy! Daddy! <laughs> Their classic greeting. Yes. Betty comes in, but she won't join. Don asks, would you join us, you know, for dinner? And Sally says, Mommy doesn't like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Betty says, no, I have plans. Mm-hmm. Like, Sorry, Don. Yeah, she's got a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And they agree that... He's going to drop the kids off at the stables? Uh, he's going to drop them off at home. At home. Betty's going to be at the stables. That's what's happening. He says, with do Carla. You, right. He says, do you want to pick them up at my office tomorrow? And yeah. she says, no, drop them off at home with Carla. I'm going to be at the stables. In my head, Carla was going to be at the stables. <laughs> I don't know why that would make more sense for anybody. <laughs> no. But I'm glad that someone was paying attention. Yeah, it was Thank me. You. And I just noted that Sally had a very cute coat and little hat on. She was very cute. She's always so cute. She's real cute. She does good. Yeah. And then we see Betty. Uh, in the streets of Manhattan. Streets of Manhattan. She's looking at herself in a store window's reflection. Mm-hmm. And it looks like she's got like, I feel like she's imagining oh, being pregnant. I didn't pregnant. even notice that. This is what it looked like to me. Okay. It looked like she was seeing herself 
Like well, with it looked like she was belly. looking at the mannequins. So in the story window are these yes. two. And now let me tell you how I've spelled mannequins here. Please tell me. Managuiquinuins. That sounds right. And I didn't fix it. Why should you? M A N E G U Q I N E S. Yeah, that's. I knew it wasn't right, but I typed very quickly as I'm watching this. So I was yeah. like, no, managuiquinuins. And you know what it says? I know now. what it is. Yeah. Right. Well, and this is now moving forward. The only way I'm both going to say yes. and spell Managuquins. Okay. So just so you know. Hey, your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Thanks. Because you can't spell mannequin correctly. You'll definitely remember how to spell that. Exactly. So I will. Yes, there are two mannequins that are very One fancily in blue. dressed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a color. <laughs> anyway yeah i thought she was looking at them yeah and looking at like fancy life mm-hmm. being the like fancy lady with the husband who does fancy things yeah. and seeing that like life but yeah. then also seeing her reflection as like is this who i still am yeah is this who i'm going to be yeah i did not notice any baby bumpage what i saw was a possible baby bump, mm-hmm. and the mannequin's hand was out like it was touching her belly. Like, oh. if she was pregnant, that mannequin would have been touching her belly. And oh. the way the hand was, I felt I felt like a religious thing again. Okay. Like, it looked kind of... When Mary's mother is pregnant with Mary, mm-hmm. it's the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. angels announced it, or whatever. Okay. When Mary is pregnant with Jesus, it's the birth of the Lord. Right. Angels announced it. So it felt... A little, there is biblical and sure. church uh, history of mm, people touching pregnant bellies. Okay. I don't know. All right. I'm just looking for that. I'm going to have to go back and look because I didn't yeah. notice that at all. Well, I'm, that's what I saw. Not okay. saying it's right. All right. So in her continual self-destructive behavior, she goes to a bar and I wrote an admiral bartender <laughs> gives her <laughs> a glass of water and she orders a gimlet. Mm-hmm. And she has to, like, think about what she wants to drink. Yeah. As if she, like, this is the first time she's had a cocktail before. As, right. As if she's never ordered in a bar. Yeah. Ever. Like, you drink every day. Right. You it, know what you like to drink. You know, you've had, it's not like you had some kind of exotic, you're not uh, Peggy getting a Brandy Alexander, you know. Right. You have cocktails all the time. Right. So mad at you, Betty. God, Betty. But the bar, the admiral bartender, and I call him an admiral because he's wearing like the most ridiculous blue coat. Uh huh. And the, like a little hat or something. Is he wearing a hat? I don't think he's wearing a hat. All right. Well, he looks real fancy. Yeah. And the other bartender's up. not wearing the same blazer that he is. No. Nope. I don't know what the deal okay. is. Okay. And but he tells him that the man down the bar bought it, mm-hmm. and she takes it and uh, thanks him, tells him to thank him, mm-hmm. and she's okay if he comes down to see her mm-hmm. and she takes off her coat she kind of gets a little ready for a little attention Ooh, yeah Ooh. and i wrote that a guy in a don draper halloween costume <laughs> with an old fashioned comes to talk to her yeah because like yeah he was just dressed exactly like don but he was cute he was very cute Woo! oh I'll yeah take it. i mean he's stranger at the bar it, yeah He's, but he's got, like, that thin black tie. Yeah. He's got his hair, like, parted in the right, yeah. the same style. And he's very tall. Very He's got to be taller than, than Don. Yeah. Because it, it, when they they kiss eventually, <laughs> and it's like he's 
has to really bend down to her. Uh-huh. And we never see Don doing that. <laughs> like, right. it just looked awkward. Anyway. So, at first, Betty kind of blows him off when she, he asks what her name is. Mm-hmm. But then she just gulps down that gimlet. Oh, yeah. She downs it. Yeah. And there's more missile talk happening in the background mm. on the radio. Always the missile talk. Yeah. She's sitting there at the bar. She dismisses him. Mm-hmm. Chugs her gimlet. Yeah. And you hear, burr, burr, there's a missile coming. We're all going <laughs> to die. Burr, burr. So what did you think was happening? What did you think was going to happen during the scene? Another emergency. Another emergency? Well, some more d- destruction. Yes. Destruction. What kind of destruction did you expect? Or did you consider? I expected that later on she's going to fuck that dude. Okay. All right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, briefly, we see Don, just the picture of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. He's eating burgers on the hotel bed with his kids. Because Sally asked in the first scene if they could order room service. Yeah. He's like, maybe we'll go get Chinese and go to a movie. Yeah. And then she's like, can we order room service? <laughs> And then you see them eating room service. Yeah. So clearly he's like, Sally, I'll do anything for you. I'll do anything. Also, I don't have to go out. Oh, girl. I could just stay here. Oh, it was like the good days of DoorDash before mm. DoorDash was even a thing. Yes. I've never had room service. I've never been in a hotel. Well, I think I have been a couple hotels where they would have had it, but I'm not going to do that. I feel like I've ordered it once or twice. Yeah. But not for anything like soups extravagant. Yeah. Just like, I need a like Gatorade and some aspirin. Exactly. <laughs> some I know Gatorade, your game. Gatorade and peanuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as Ron Swanson and Tammy, too, oh, yeah. would use as right. their sex fuel. Sex fuel. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she also tells a knock-knock joke. Because mm-hmm. Sally just do, does cute kid stuff. It was a pretty good knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the bathtub, Mommy, I'm Dwayne. <laughs> It's a good one. All right. All right. So we get back to the bar. Betty, she asks the Admiral, hey, watch my stuff. Mm -hmm. Which is a thing every bartender loves Loves to do. do. And uh, she walks past the guy. She saunters. She saunters. She stands up. Mm -hmm. She kind of scans the room. And Mm -hmm. she legit saunters. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a way you walk when you're just like a woman walks when you're just walking. Mm -hmm. And then there's the way you walk when you're like, I gotta make sure my hips move as far mm-hmm. to either side <laughs> as possible without tumbling down. Right. And that is what she does. I need this man to look at me and like what he's seeing. Yep. And I think he did. Yeah, because she walks right past him. Yeah, he follows her to the bathroom while she's like waiting for someone to come out. Because it's locked. Yes. Uh-huh. And he's just like kind of blocking the exit almost, just fills up the entire hallway and asks what he's, she's doing, and, and and she says, I'm waiting. Then they make out. He yeah. has a wedding ring on. Does he? Yes. I didn't notice so that. So when he gets over to her in the hallway, she has uh-huh. his back to him. She's yeah. kind of leaning her head up against the wall. Her back yeah. is to him. And he comes down, and he says, what are you doing here? And mm-hmm. she turns around, and she says, I'm waiting. Yeah. And he kind of, like, moves his hand or puts his hand on his hip or something, and there's a ring on it. Yeah. And she says, so he kisses her. Yeah. Big time. Big time kiss. Big time. And he opens... I bet they the, use tongue. Mm, a lot of it. So much tongue. <laughs> and he opens this door, this yeah. random door that's right there, and kind of like holds it open for uh-huh. her. And she says, I'm married. Yeah. He doesn't say anything. Nope. But he's also married. 
I didn't. I assume she had her ring on. She I did. Yeah. Because when she's making out with him, she goes to put her hand up on his cheek or uh, neck or something, yes, and yes, there's yes. a big old rock. Yes, yes, yes. So then they go inside, which is it's probably like the manager's office or something. Yeah, at some office yeah. with like a full-on couch. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. And uh, they do it. Yeah. On a couch. Yeah. So last episode, we discussed whether Betty wanted to cheat. Uh huh. I feel like in this situation, it was not that she was attracted to this guy. It was that she just wanted to cheat. Yeah. She wanted to, like, even the playing field. Yep. But the fact that the guy she was with is so much like Don, it was almost like she was... It was like, uh... Hmm. Claire and... What's his name? Phil from Modern Family, how every Valentine's Day they go to a hotel bar and pretend to be Juliana and Clive Bixby. Oh, that's cute. Where they pick each other up and, you know, do it. (laughs) And so it was almost like Betty wanted to be the person that Don picked up. Mm. Because he's like this married man that looks exactly like Don. Right. You know, if Don was in that bar and didn't know Betty, would he pick her up? Mm -hmm. What's that? It's a weird role play game that she has. Yeah, she doesn't look particularly excited, interested, no. turned on, no. excited, none of it. Which, part of that could just be January Jones' acting. Fair. We always have to leave. Right, we gotta that. make sure yeah. we're keeping in mind that bitch can't <laughs> act. That she shows no human emotion, uh-huh. including sexuality. Right. Like when she was up on that washing machine mm-hmm. fantasizing about the lemonade guy. Yeah. Not lemonade, what was he? Windows. Air conditioning. You got it. Air conditioning. Third time's a charm. There we go. Uh-huh. She also showed no interest in her this own fantasy. True. This is very true. She's very low-key. Yes. In the Which, motion department. she must not be a lot of fun in bed. Hey. That's amazing they have made three children. They they have. Hey, she used to be happy. She used to be happy. Very pretty. All right. Well, and we maybe... know that autopilot's an option. Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they bone on the couch in this back dark room. Yeah. And uh, we switch back to Don real quick. His kids are watching Leave it to Beaver. And he's writing. He's writing. Mm -hmm. We don't know what he's writing. Nope. I didn't know what he was writing. It was Leave it to Beaver. I thought it was Andy Griffith that they were watching. Goes to show, I don't know Andy Griffith. I'm pretty sure, because they said his name was Wally. Okay. They call a boy Wally, and I think that that's Beaver's brother. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to trust you. You're the, uh, you're the sort of beacon of knowledge uh when it comes to 1960s culture. That's me. Uh Uh-huh. The 31-year-old, I know it all, because I loved (laughs) the Beatles when I was in middle school. (laughs) So, this illicit couple, they're getting dressed, Mm -hmm. and the guy, once again, asks what her name is, and at that moment, the admiral jiggles the handle. Yep. And uh, they would just walk out, and he's like, what are you doing here? And they're just like, ah, nothing. They just don't, they don't say anything. They just they're walk just past like, them. They're just like, uh, what are you, a pervert? Are you <laughs> listening to us? I just told you to watch my stuff. What are you right? doing? I didn't mean, like, watch everything. Yeah. Ew. Ew. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> so, they're clearly, I. it's like Betty doesn't tell him his name. Nope. She's not planning to... <laughs> Have an extended relationship with this person. Nope. Yeah. You don't need to know. So, I was a little confused about what was going on in the next scene. Just like, 
foundationally. Okay. Peggy is bringing some baked goods to the church. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I understand what was happening. Yeah. All right. So he's she's talking to Father <laughs> Gill. It was just an excuse to get Peggy and Gill in the same room again. Definitely. Yes. There was something. It felt a little bit like they were making like a bomb shelter for the church almost mm. like the church was somewhere that you could go and so they're bringing food so that if you needed to shelter there it okay. was available maybe maybe and which would make sense during this crisis yes but because she was talking about being stuck somewhere huh. i don't know so father gill gets real preachy in this scene to a point where we haven't even seen him yes so I wrote down a bunch of things he says. He's telling Peggy that sometimes he feels that he called me to this parish to reach you. God called him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I the capital he. I, you know, I, I should have said sometimes I feel he called me to this parish to reach you, but I messed it up. <laughs> and he tells uh, Gil tells Peggy hell is very serious and very real, and unless you unburden yourself, you cannot know peace. Yep. Because. Don't you understand? This could be the end of the world, and you could you go, could to, go to hell. You could go to H-E double hockey sticks. Well, because Peggy said, he says all this, you, you got to unburden yourself yeah. if you want no peace. And she says, I understand that, but you're yeah. upsetting me right now. Yeah. And he says, that's your guilt talking. Yeah. Fucking Catholics. Yeah, she, he, he's like, I think he really does feel like, this might be the end of your life. Yeah. And I know you have this grave sin, and I'm, you know, going to keep, I'm going to badger you right now. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. I need you to med- meditate Ooh, in this emergency. Boy. Which is to say, once again, what he wants is for her to confess officially right. in the Sacrament of Reconciliation that she had a baby out of wedlock. And Peggy says, I can't believe that's the way God is. I can't believe that either. Yeah. This is not... This is not the loving God that Peggy believes in. Because he says to her, you believe in God. Mm -hmm. Like, from the beginning. And she's like, yeah, I do. But I don't believe in whatever version of God you're Mm -hmm. telling me. Uh, Then there's a very brief scene where Petty is walking into... Petty? Yeah. (laughs) That Uh, was the first... That was... Now, listen, I'm really impressed with the way you started to say Peggy. And Uh mid-word changed it. I didn't even feel myself doing it. Okay, I'll be honest. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on hey. to how inspiring you are to me. I appreciate that in your self correction, <laughs> Petty. You know, it's the least I can do. Thank it's you. Just be honest with yeah everyone. Yes, Betty. Uh, she walks into the kitchen. It's she's yeah. She's dark. back home. Uh, puts her stuff away and just grabs a chicken leg out the freezer at Girl. the refrigerator. It looks so good. I have not eaten fried chicken. Yeah. Now that I'm vegetarian in a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Same. But I let don't me even tell like you. fried chicken, but that who doesn't like fried chicken? We don't need to get into it, right? Okay. Now. <laughs> but fried chicken cold from the fridge. Yeah. Just waiting for you is so good. That's the best version of it. It's so good. Definitely. Let me tell you how much my feelings are hurt every time I go to Meyer and they're like freshly frying the chicken. Mm-hmm. How and all you can smell Throughout mm-hmm. the, like, parking lot is yeah. fried-ass chicken. Yeah. Sometimes I leave. <laughs> because I'm like, that smells yeah. so good. My mom regularly will, like, go to Walmart or Publix and just get, like, some chicken fingers. Yeah. And yeah. it's a good lifestyle choice, I think. <laughs> it's just fun. 
So she has a little after cheating fried chicken. Girl, that sounds so good. <laughs> and then we see uh, we're in Trudy and Pete's apartment, and Trudy is just like packing valuables. Yes. And we find out she essentially she is going to stay with her parents at their beach house, mm-hmm. and Pete in good Sterling Cooper executive fashion is going to stay in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And Trudy says there might be looting. And Pete says a mob is going to come to the 14th floor of this apartment building. Because <laughs> she's packing the silver. She's hiding yes. the silverware. Yeah. The, like, real silver. Right. Silverware. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And she lives in, or her parents live in, Rehoboth Beach. Yes. Which is very close to D.C. Yeah. And Pete, because he knows so much about the these way these bombs. missiles work. Yeah. He says, your parents' deck chairs will be on Fifth Avenue. Yep. I feel like the way that Don made Joan uncomfortable with, like, the truth about stuff and the way Pete's making Trudy uncomfortable with the truth about the bomb mm-hmm. is not that far off from the way Gil was making Peggy uncomfortable with at least his version of the truth about hell. About hell, yeah. Which, you know, the bomb is also hell. <laughs> yeah. That, like, so there's just... There's some parallels. There's a parallel. You know I love parallels. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. And Trudy's very worried about Pete staying in Manhattan. Yeah. Because as we know from recent events, New York is a target for sure uh, is. unhappy recent events, 20-year-old events. Right. New York is a target. And uh, she gives Pete like just an envelope of cash, which is weird that she's giving him cash right. to get a driver if the buses are, or the trains, the not trains running. aren't running. Yeah. Well, and she says, if you loved me, you'd want to be with me. Yeah. Because she wants him to come out with her. Right. Because if she gonna die, she wants to die with her parents Mm -hmm. and with her husband. But if Pete's gonna die, he wants it to be in Manhattan. He'd rather be in Manhattan. He's such a New Yorker. Mm. He 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 can't even drive. Yeah. Yeah. He fucking loves this city. Yeah. New Amsterdam, right? There you go. Season (laughs) one. So I wrote, the boys are listening to the radio. Once again, we're back with the Marx Brothers. Uh, and they're all like talking about they're so it's it's Pete and Ken and Sal and Paul. Mm-hmm. No, instead of Pete, it's Harry. Anyway, they're talking about how the conference room is booked. There's canapes in the fridge. They shampooed the carpets. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's going down. Mm-hmm. And Pete is still there, and he's keeping mum about what he knows. Right. And the fact that he is going to play a part in this new administration. Right. He knows a big secret. Yeah. For real. But he just says, I'm just waiting to see what happens. I'm just here for the show. And then Harry, he was talking to like his uncle or somebody. Mm -hmm. And he says that they told him that regime change is always tricky. You want to stay neutral. Loyalists are always hung and you don't want to get caught in the fallout. And Paul is just like, are you loyal to anyone? To What's wrong with you? Yeah. 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 Harry's just after his, what's his. Yes. All the time. Yes. His only loyalty is to himself. Yes. Yeah. And we see, like, we saw him loyal to, like, his wife and kid, but he also said that he would walk away from them to go to Sterling Cooper West in a heartbeat. And he so, was only so loyal because also he cheated on his wife. Right. He, like, regained some trust, but right. now he's just like, eh, I'm just doing this now. Right. This whole, like, regime change thing, mm-hmm. very clearly a Cuba connection. Because uh-huh. 1962, that's three years after the Cuban Revolution. Like, uh-huh. it's very 
the Castro regime is very new. Right. And, yeah, a lot of loyalists got shot in the Cuban yeah. Revolution. So it's Stay weird to neutral. put such, like, military terms into this business merger. But right. that's what they do. So then Pete, he, like, sees this... He sees Harry not being loyal to anyone, mm-hmm. and he goes to Don. Well, and he can't he can't talk about what he knows with these guys. Right. And he needs to talk about it with somebody. Yes. Because it's kind of an emergency. It's an emergency. But I, I, think, I think that point about it's... Yeah. He is now loyal enough to Don that it is an emergency. Right. If he didn't care about Don, right. or if it was the end of last season, right. he wouldn't care. Uh so he tells Don that Duck is going to be the president. Don's like, why are you telling me this? Mm-hmm. And he just says, I just thought that if I was you, I'd want to know. Mm-hmm. So he's actually, his real loyalty is to Don. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I know about a merger. Uh-huh. Because Don knows at this point. Yeah. yeah Don knows. So, so he the- says, I know about the merger and I know Duck Phillips is going to be president. Yeah. Don didn't even know that. Right. He knew there was a merger, but yeah. he didn't know anything about Duck. That's that little piece of information. And and that's the thing that we were talking about before. How, like, Sterling Cooper doesn't know about Duck being president. Mm-hmm. And Putnam, Powell, and Lowe don't know about Duck being an alcoholic. Or, like, that he's out of control at this point. Right. So, in another bit of metaphorical talk, or alle- whatever, Pete tells Don, you know they stopped a ship this morning. I bet the Russians are reconsidering now that we've made a stand. Mm-hmm. So making a stand is on the table now. Yeah, it is. So we're back at the house in, in Ossining. Uh, Carla takes Betty's coat and gives her a letter that Don had written. And yeah. it's what he had been writing when his kids were watching TV. Yes. While he's at the hotel. You know what it sounds like? What? A meditation in an emergency. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Damn. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. What is going on right now? Jesus Christ. (laughs) 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 So, It's a very sweet letter. It's weird. They haven't done a lot of voiceover. No. Because she's, the the shot is her reading it, and you hear Don's voice come in in voiceover. Yeah. I feel like you pointed it out once- and but you was were very insistent it was the first time it had happened. Oh. And it was something else that Don had... Re- it may have just been the, this made me think of you, D, or something like that. Oh. It, it may have been something smaller. I don't oh. remember. But if it was, that was the first episode of the season, and this is the last episode. Yeah. So there's a little open and close there. Yeah. Possibly. And it, it's a very sweet letter. Mm-hmm. And he says, I know that you won't be alone for very long, but without you, I'll be alone forever. Forever. And she gets all verklempt. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, we're at the meeting. Mm. And Mr. Sheffield says, Gentlemen, now that we are done haggling over the dowry, it's time to slip into the tent and spend a night with the bride. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. oh, my. So we see all of the partners are there. Don, Sterling, and Cooper are on one side of the table, but Duck's over with the English Duck is with people. PPP. Duck's on PPP's side. And it does seem like at this point, Bert and Roger know that what's-his-name's going to be president. They're not surprised by it. Right? Because when PPP says, 
you know, they're saying like we suspect that Sterling Cooper, you know, we're no, we know you're, we're buying you out, yeah, but we suspect you'll still be pretty autonomous, yeah, you know, and they're like, well, yeah, you're gonna be in England, and we're uh-huh. gonna have to kind of run our own stuff, right. and they say, you know, as Duck has had his foot in both worlds, yeah, he will be president. Right. And Duck says, despite the titles, yeah. I will treat the founders mm-hmm. of Sterling Cooper with the respect they deserve. Yeah. Which, of course, does not include Don. Good old Donnie Draper. Uh, so, yeah, Don is, like, announcing his vision. Duck. <laughs> Duck <laughs> is announcing his vision for the future. And, like, while he's talking, you hear Don lighting a cigarette. Uh-huh. Which seems... Very cocky and, like, kind of disrespectful mm-hmm. if, like, this is your new boss. Right. And have you watched Letterkenny? Some, yes. So you know how anytime Wayne is about to start a fight? He lights a he cigarette. He lights a cigarette yes. and he rolls up his, yes. his sleeves and then he just goes and he throws the cigarette away and he starts pounding on people. So I felt like this was Don getting ready. Yeah. Like, I love it when Don is armed. Yes. And he's about to go off. And so... One thing that Duck says is good creative is important, but it can't be running the show. Mm-hmm. And there's no need, there's no reason we need to be tied to creative's fantasies of persuasion. Mm-hmm. All like all he wants is just to make more money. We're right. gonna sell a bunch of TV ads. It doesn't matter if we create garbage. Right. And Don says, "Sounds like a great agency. I just don't think I'll be a part of it." You know, you should run that agency. Yeah. Sounds like a great agency, and I think Duck is the man to run it, uh-huh. but I don't think I'll be a part of it. Yeah. And Duck is not happy with this reaction. Nope. Bert and Roger are like, hey, uh, chill out. But Duck's like, just starts bitching. Oh, he's flipping yeah. his lid. He has never been this vocally Unhinged. passionate in front of, like, the bosses. Yeah. Well, because he's had enough of Don's bullshit, yeah. and here he was finally right. putting him under his thumb. He's like, I'm in charge now, right. and you're confident, you know, swinging your dick around is not going to work anymore. Right. Uh, Don, you can either honor your contract or walk out and start selling insurance. And Don, I wrote, Don has a look on his face. I don't remember what that was, but he's like, <laughs> ready. And he says, I don't have a contract. Yeah. And Duck freaks out a little bit and he says i sell products not advertising says i don't know what he said but he says if the world is still here on monday we can talk and just walks out of the meeting yeah and duck is so angry and then he just really goes for it and he says it'll take a second to find it'll take a second to find some kid who can write a prose poem to a potato chip yeah and then Mr. Sheffield does what he did to the other guy at that first meeting with Duck and says, Mr. Uh, Duck, would you excuse us? Yeah. The grown-ups need to talk. Yeah. You are no longer at this table. Yes. You just, you know, yelled your way out of a presidency. Yeah. Well, because Duck, before all this happens, yeah. he's going off about, like, like you said, going off about Don. He says, yeah. let him throw his temper tantrum. Yeah. He was gone for three weeks and I put this whole thing together. Right. Which, I'm sure the big men at this table are like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we right. don't like that. No. That we don't like that. You're not treating people with respect. And so, Roger, none of the guys are really that... It's interesting, because it's like... The merger is still good for everybody's business. It's just this little Duck and Don pissing contest. Yep. And once that's settled, eh. So Roger says, this doesn't affect the merger, does it? And Mr. Sheffield says, no, he never could hold his liquor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Yeah. Yeah, well, that didn't work out. No. Nope. But 
we're still gonna make a lot of money right now. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Whatever, duck, whatever. Yeah. We're still gonna go forward with this, because why not? Yeah, we can have all of our money and be English. Yeah. So, that's kind of the end of that whole saga. Yes. And then we have Don's going back to his office, and everyone's, like, packing up to go. Mm-hmm. So because it's, it's, like, the end of the day Friday, and the world is about to the explode. The world is ending. So Everybody's at, ducking out yeah. early. No one's planning to stick around for too long. And Joan tells Don that Betty has called mm-hmm. and has asked him to come home at yeah. long last. And he tells Joan to go home. And and then we just, like, see him waiting for Joan to bring him his stuff and hands him his coat and his hat. Mm-hmm. And then, but he doesn't want his bag. Was that, like, his suit? His, like, his briefcase? Yeah. She goes to hand him his briefcase. She says, right. here's your bag. And he says, I yeah. don't need it. Good right. night. So he's not going to, he's going home to yeah. his family. Yeah. I mean, listen, as far as he knows, he just quit this job. Possibly. Because he was like, I'm not going to be part of this company, and he leaves. That's very true. And he doesn't hear what happens after he leaves that It's a very good point. Office. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't need this briefcase. I just right. made $4.5 million. Right. I'm either going to not work here and as a millionaire, or I'm going to work here as a millionaire. But either way, I ain't got to think about it till Monday. Yeah. Which is like such a baller move to just leave. Damn. He's like, y'all put this together without me. Y'all can figure this out mm-hmm. with or without me. Mm-hmm. Make your choice. Oh, Don, oh, you're so cool. Don. And then... And then we see Pete. We see Pete. We can Peggy. You can tell Pete's been drinking. Oh, yeah. You can tell by the way Pete pours a drink, whether if it's his first drink or not. So at first I thought this was Duck. Yeah. Because yeah. you just see the back of him and you totally just see a silhouette. Porn and, and porn booze. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, here's mm-hmm. Duck. But it was Pete. Yeah. And he does this thing, which he's done several times, where he just hangs out in the doorway and eventually smiles at Peggy. Mm-hmm. And invites her in for a drink. And she sits on the infamous couch. Yup. Sex couch. Sex couch. There's a the chip and dip gun still in the corner. Uh-huh. Still hasn't returned that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, they get, like, super flirty right here. A little bit. They're both... What were you thinking at this point was happening? Well, I mean, you say they get super flirty. He should have tells her. Yeah. I'm in love with you. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, where, what did you think? Did you suspect well, okay, where so the scene was going at all? No. Okay. I thought, because the last we saw them together, mm-hmm. in any kind of real way, yeah. he had come into her new office yes. and was congratulating her, and they, you know, she made that joke, that lighthearted joke about sleeping with Don and yeah. whatever. And so it seemed like they were getting to this really friendly mm-hmm. place. Like, they, were mo- they moved past this sort of awkwardness, yeah. and now they could just be, like, colleagues and buddies yeah. on this, like, sort of level playing field. Exactly. Yeah, they, they were becoming, he was accepting her as like a professional, right. I felt like. Right, right. They were becoming mm-hmm. like work friends. Yeah. But then, yeah, he's like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's always pushing that button with Peggy. Like he's, he and, this, and that's why she gave up on him, is that he was always running hot and cold with mm-hmm. her in a romantic sense. Mm-hmm. But now that it is kind of mellowing out and he's, his life is in a different place. Like, mm-hmm. he's now been married for a couple years. It's not 100% great with his family. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, Trudy wouldn't care if he died, but Peggy would. Yeah. And he well, really and he says, her. you know, you're the one who said to mm-hmm. tell the truth. Yeah. And Trudy doesn't understand me, but you understand right. me. You do, and I know you. And, and I, I think you're perfect. That is something. Yeah. That Pete 
tells her, because he's also, he loves to neg Peggy. Uh-huh. But he tells her she's perfect. I wish I'd picked you then. I love you and I want to be with you. And Pete, and Peggy says, Pete, I could have had you in my life forever if I wanted to. I could have shamed you into being with me. I didn't want to. And he doesn't understand. So He's she, very confused. Yes. And he says it in a hundred different ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Peggy closes her eyes and takes a deep breath and says, uh, I had a baby and gave it away. She I, says, you got me pregnant. Yeah. You got me pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had a baby. I gave it away. And then she repeats, I had your baby. Mm-hmm. And I gave it away. And... And then she says, she goes on this little monologue that I transcribed. She says, I wanted other things. Uh, Yeah, one day you're there and then all of a sudden there's less of you. Mm. And you wonder where that part went. If it's living somewhere outside of you and you keep thinking maybe you'll get it back. And then you realize it's just gone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like she's just explaining the actual physical feeling that she's had. That she's been going through of having a baby that's part of you and then right. it's, and it's like she was in this weird fugue haze during all of that and so right. all of a sudden there's less of you and you wonder where it went and it's like she's almost translating this experience she had that she wasn't in her right mind during mm-hmm. it's very it's very odd it was very odd i had to watch it a couple times to even like get that much out of it i mean the obvious is like of the baby, yes. right? Like, you right. have this piece of you that goes away. It's probably out in the world somewhere. Right. And, but you realize it's just gone. Yeah. But then there's this other aspect of, like, mm-hmm. adulthood. Yeah. Like, just, I don't know. I feel like there's a part of adulthood that's, like, the part of you that's young and youthful. Yeah. And optimistic. Right. And joyful as you get older. Mm-hmm. Kind of starts to slip away. Yeah. Especially as some crazy traumatic shit happens in your life. Yeah. And, and so, like, whatever they might have had one day, mm-hmm. they've both kind of grown out of it. They're right. both much more mature right. in this episode than they were at the beginning of season one. Mm-hmm. They, they look like grown-ups now, whereas they look like college students mm-hmm. or high schoolers even. Uh, and Pete just says, why would you tell me that? Yeah. He's just shocked yeah. and maybe pissed. It's hard to say. Yeah, he's he's feeling some kind of way. It's a lot to process. It's a lot to process. Because it's, it's... Especially as someone who didn't want children. He didn't want children. Then he spent the last two years desperately trying to make a child, mm-hmm. like at some level. Right. And then he's come to this realization. He's in love with his coworker, But now there's this whole, like, everything about the last two years of their life has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to process. That's a so, lot. Who knows how he will come out of that. Yeah. And what that'll look like for someone who, you know, now knows he's a father. Yeah. And, but had no choice in that. Then we see Don, he enters his home for, you know, finally as the man of the house again and uh-huh. sits with his family watching TV, not the news. The Matt zoller Seist article on this talked about how he, you know, this whole episode, he is reclaiming all of those positions and mm-hmm. this is him in this picture-perfect family now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you could have... That frame of them in right. the family room could have been the Norman Rockwell painting. Right. But there's so much ugly uh-huh. underneath all of this. Right. That got them there. Right. I said, go, he... I said, Don sits next to her like nothing happened. Yeah. Like, he just comes in the house. Yeah. Day after... Like, after a day at work. Mm-hmm. The kids say, Daddy! Yeah. And he just 
sits down on the couch and they just kind of sit there. And Betty's like, whatevs. Whatevs. She has her own secret now. Yeah. She's, you know, hiding it from him. And it and she's transgressed just like she, he has. Yeah. And Bloom is crawling around my computer. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. And then we see Pete in very dark office looking at a gun, which is great. Yeah. Because you know he's definitely not... More he's sober holding it. than he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, like, sitting in the dark. You see yeah. his silhouette, and he's sitting in his office chair, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bloom. Um, he's just holding the gun, like, straight up in the air, like, yeah. resting it on his lap, yeah. but the barrel is pointing straight up. I wrote at the end of the scene with him and Peggy that Pete cries. Does he he cry? does. Yeah. Yes, he has a tear roll down his face. Yeah, she, like, pats... She says, I'm... He says, why would you tell me that? Yeah. And she says, I'm sorry, Pete. And she pats his shoulder as he yeah. walks out. And he cries. He absolutely does. Yeah, he's like having a real emotional reaction. Yeah. The way, you know, when his father died, he had a real... Like, he's... It's a gut punch. Yeah. And he's got a lot to work on. But he feels it. He cares. He does care. Yeah. And then he sits at a desk with a shotgun. And I wonder how much of it is like, wow, Peggy was going... I wonder if he even has the capacity to Mm. think about Peggy was doing that on her own. Right. I, I doubt it. Yeah. You'd like to think. I don't think in in general men are very good at that. I agree. Of like recognizing mm-hmm. that somebody else is going through a hard time. I totally agree. Yeah. He's a fictional man, so I thought maybe... He's a fictional man, but he's also a fictional asshole. Very true. So I'm going to guess that very he's true. just like, fuck this bitch. That's probably what he was thinking. Yeah. He was just crying that he wasn't going to have sex with her. Exactly. That's what he was he's crying like... about. Damn it, more <laughs> couch sex. Wow. Oh, I want a baby. Um, <laughs> so he's probably drunk looking at his gun in his lap. Yep. Possibly phallic. Yep. Definitely a problem. Yep. Peggy is in bed saying her prayers. She's praying. Yeah. And she looks calm and happy. Yeah. Because you know what she She did? looks unburdened. She unburdened herself. Yeah. She looks she, very unburdened. Yeah. And now she's out of hell. She's yeah. Like, in my, in my personal philosophy, and I'm not the only one, but, like, yeah, the hell is, is is the state of not being able to stop thinking about all of these things in your life yes. and unburdening yourself is uh, freeing from that. Yes. And so her and her God, she still crosses herself the Catholic way. Mm-hmm. She still had confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, she didn't need a priest for it. Yep. She's got a modern haircut. She sure does. Yeah. And a cute little dress. That's right. Uh, and then we see Betty's doing dishes. Listening to war radio. All the friggin' time. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe it's calmed down? Is that true? It can't have, because it's only a week. Anyway, yeah. Don uh, has put the kids to bed, so mm-hmm. he's like doing a good fatherly thing. And Betty has him sit down and tells him... That she's pregnant. She struggles to get this out. Right. She says, come sit down, I need to talk to you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> it seems to him like something bad yeah. is coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe it is. Yeah. But then she just says, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he just sits there. At first it looked like, he does a lot of very minor face acting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was behind me. <laughs> he surprised me. There's a lot of cat happening. There's a lot of cat happening. He does a lot yes. of face acting. Yes. And at first, like, you can tell he's shocked. Yes. But at first it almost seems like he's happy, question mark? Possibly. Right? Like, his face kind of has these very subtle changes. Yeah. But then he just stays kind of silent. 
I mean, yeah, a lot like Pete, we don't really know what his terminal reaction to this news is. Right. It's very uncertain. So I wrote down that Betty did some excellent, I wrote excellent, excellent throat clearing, very realistic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what it was, but apparently she had a terrible throat clear and she looked scared of his reaction, really. She did, yeah. But then he reaches for her hand. Yeah. And then we have your favorite. A long pull out. That's right. Well, they just hold each other's hand yeah. and look at each other. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end. That's the end of the whole damn season. Season. We got through two seasons of Mad Men. Woo! We did it. We did it. It's a good ep. It was a good ep. It was not an explosive ep. You know? No. Like, I feel like... It was a slow burn. Yeah. Similar to last season. The last episode tied up a lot of loose strings. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like... It wasn't like... At the end, we find out she had a baby. Right. Uh, the way that last season was. <laughs> right. Right. Well, what do you think? What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? It was It was a good one. It was a good one? It was a good one. Uh, I would say on a doozy scale. Please tell me on a doozy scale. Now, this ep wasn't as doozifying as the ep before. Because as you said, it yeah. was more sort of like... It wasn't introducing a lot of new things. It wasn't introducing a lot of new things. No. Only... Oh, I got it. Introducing. <laughs> Thank you. The the nose wiggle was imperative in my understanding. I, I could felt that I felt that you needed it. <laughs> I did. So I, I did. Thank you. It wasn't as doozifying. It wasn't as doozifying. The only real new information was that Betty's pregnant. Yes. I thought it was going to be a miscarriage. Yes. Now, if I had been remembering the spoily that Don had given me, yeah. John's big old ham. Uh-huh. I would have been like, "Oh, She's pregnant, yeah. not miscarrying. Well, how nice was it that you got to enjoy that? I was. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I did like that that she's pregnant is the first thing you find out in the episode. Yes. Like, they don't make you wait to figure that part right. out. Right. Which is nice. Right. So, so I'm going to give it a 72% doozy. Right. It didn't doze me away. That's fine. It doesn't have to be. All right. That's, that doesn't, doozy's not like a quality sure. factor. Yeah. That's what this next rating is. All right, now on a scale of one to ten, yes, I might have to give it a six. Really? It wasn't a bad ep. Uh huh. It wasn't a bad ep, but yeah. it just for a season finale. Yeah. Do doos me away a little okay. bit more. You want to be doosed. I want, and if we're taking seven off the table, yeah. So this is on my scale of right. one to ten, with no seven being available. Right. I respect. I it. can't give it an eight. No. So, if I can't have seven, I gotta give it a six. All right. So, I'm gonna give it six out of ten mm-hmm. bitchy little daughters at the salon. Bitchy little daughters at the salon. Yeah. Did the... Now, this is not related. I'm just asking for my own edification. Sure. Did the daughter at the salon speak at all? No. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, yakety sax. Ashley... Predicts oh. for season three, Whew. episode one. Remember, you can also just predict for generally. Yeah. Okay. Season. All right. Here we go. Let me crack my knuckles. That was some more foley just then. Wow! Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're all lucky because of it. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna guess that they're gonna jump ahead in time again. Okay. It's not gonna be 1963, or at least not early 1963. Okay. It's either late 1963 or, like, early 64. Okay. 
And this baby's done been born. All right. We just skipped right over Betty's pregnancy. Yeah. Because she is having none of letting us see her anything but very thin. Mm-hmm. And when you say she, do you mean Betty or January Jones? Both. Okay. Yes. Betty the character is like, oh, a camera crew is going to see me being anything but thin? Nay, mm-hmm. nay. And January Jones is like, I have to face act being pregnant. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we skip right ahead to this baby who is born and is like a human. Mm. And it's a little boy because John's big old ham <laughs> spoiled that for me. Uh-huh. And this bitch is square-headed. <laughs> it's a square-headed little it's boy? It's a square-headed baby. Oh, dear. And Don, having seen his last square-headed brother uh-huh. be born, yeah. is scared. Because <gasps> he knows that this is an omen. Yes. Of bad tidings. Yes. Square-headed children mm-hmm. can only mean bad. That's what my mama told me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this square-headed baby comes into the world, and it does baby things. Yeah. But but more importantly, it, it fosters this fear in Don. Yes, that is important. He and Betty... Yeah. ...are still a little bit rocky. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to live the picture-perfect life. He's trying to be a real good husband and dad. Yeah. But she's salty. Yes. She's still salty. Mm-hmm. And she's got, like, leftover pregnancy hormones yes. and new baby bitchiness. And, yeah. you know, she's not in a great place. Yes. Understandable. And so Don, having had enough of her bullshit, uh-huh. starts cheating again. Don! Damn you. Some hot new... Oh, it, he starts cheating with Peggy's secretary. <gasps> okay. Who's a real hottie. Okay. And it's not his secretary, so he can feel better about mm. yeah. inter-office romances. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Peggy, yes. having unburdened herself, Yes. now when she walks around, there's just sort of flowers flowing behind uh-huh. her and, uh-huh. like, magical rainbows, and she's just very happy. Yes. Pete, meanwhile, sits in his office polishing his gun. Okay. I mean that both literally and figuratively. Oh, all right. He and Trudy are done. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's found out that he's in love with Peggy. He's yes. found out he could make a baby. He already yes. done did make a baby. Mm-hmm. And that baby's off wandering the world somewhere. It's probably oh in God. Nepal. <laughs> on a llama. Probably. It's probably where this baby That's is. That's exactly what Pete's thinking. It's got to be, what, three years old by now? Yes. 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 So this fucking three-year-old... Pete baby is uh-huh. on a llama in Nepal. And so Pete, okay. having no Trudy, yes. having no Peggy, sits in his office. He's uh-huh. the head of accounts somehow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he just polishes his gun. All right. Literally yeah. and figuratively. All right. I'm going to make sure that we don't... <laughs> don't miss the yes. double entendre. You've, you've made it very clear. Thank you. Each of the entendre. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, Duck. Yes. Has liquored himself into the madhouse. (gasps) He got so angry (laughs) about Don being like, I ain't got no contract, bitch. Mm -hmm. That he drank and drank and drank. And now he's in a padded white room. Yeah. In a straight jacket. And he just bounces off the walls. And he's like, temper tantrum. Uh Don. Uh Creative. Bros. He just keeps sort of muttering the last words he yes. said in that meeting. Mm-hmm. Don has become the president. <gasps> Is that right? Yeah. 
And Don, in, in honoring both Pete's loyalty and his talent, has made him head of accounts. Okay. that's So Pete can get on board with that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that for all of them. Yeah. That reconciliation. Yeah. That's beautiful. Roger and Jane. Yes. Are planning a humongous wedding. Okay. Roger overhears Joan's wedding plans. Mm. Although that would have already happened because she was getting married at Christmas. So she's already married. Okay. But he, maybe he went to her wedding. Uh Uh-huh. He saw how big it was and he was like, I need to top this. Yeah. And they just have a fucking banger. (laughs) Yeah. And Mona Uh pops out of the cake (gasps) and is like, not today. (laughs) And the surprise of Mona popping out of the cake. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes Roger have another heart attack. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. And Jane is like, oh, my God, I just married an old-ass man. Oh, no. And she annuls the wedding. <gasps> yeah. Holy shit. Before they even consummate it. This is exciting. I, it's going to be a great season. This is a banger to start off with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And somewhere uh-huh. in the Draperverse. Yes. Biscuit yeah. has started canoodling <laughs> with... What was Duck's dog's name? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What is Duck's dog's Duck's name? Duck's dog's name was... Chauncey. Chauncey. It was Chauncey. Yeah. So Biscuit and Chauncey have somehow met up. Okay. On the streets of New York. I mean, that's what's got to happen. I mean, there's just, there's just a brief shot of them, yes. like, <laughs> at each other. But we know. Oh, listener, we know. I, wish, I wish y'all could have seen that. <laughs> Okay. And Sally does some cute shit. All right, that's... And there's a new Bobby. Okay. The end. I just, I realized what we could do mm-hmm. for this special season finale episode uh-huh. is to uh, just read what you predicted oh. overall for season two. Oh, I love so it. So this was your season two overall. Some shit is gonna happen. <laughs> that was your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. That was my one and only prediction. Yeah, that was it. And then you just moved on to the Great. episode. Yeah. So should I make a, a an overarching prediction for I season would three? Love you too. Okay, for season three, my overarching prediction is yeah. bitches and hoes. Bitches and hoes. <laughs> All right. In different area codes. Ooh. Here we go. I Boom. love this. All right. Well, I for one was my prediction for wait. season two correct. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Okay, great. I'm gonna say you <laughs> nailed it. Great. And shit happened. Mm-hmm. Like shit did go down. Shit, so much shit went down. Mm-hmm. That so much so we it took us thirteen episodes <laughs> to talk about it. That's how many shits went down. <laughs> a baker's dozen of a, shit. A whole baker's dozen of, of events happenings did i ever tell you about the time that the first time i ever had paella I don't at a tapas restaurant I would love you speaking to of me. shits this is why it came to my mind this is how we're gonna end an episode yeah. all right go ahead okay <laughs> i did not shit i realized uh-huh. that sound that sounded leading that right, i was go gonna ahead, talk tell, about bathroom troubles tell your story okay Just listen to it uh-huh so i went to a, ta- a tapas restaurant and i used to not drink very much and yeah. i still don't really drink very much True. and i'm a lightweight mm-hmm. but i was even more of a lightweight yeah and it was my ex-husband, his parents, and my friends. Yeah. We were all out to dinner at this fancy tapas restaurant. Uh-huh. And my mother-in-law had gotten a pitcher of sangria for the table. Yes. And every time I had a few sips, she topped me up again. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm already a lightweight. Yeah. And now I have no idea how much sangria I've had because yeah. she's constantly just topping me up. Yeah. And tapas is a bunch of small plates and they bring them out kind of right. a rolling buffet of sorts. Uh-huh. So as the night goes on, I'm getting more and more wasted. Yes. And every time the waitress comes, now this is a packed restaurant, uh-huh. Saturday night, expensive as hell. Yeah. And every time the waitress comes, comes I just scream. I cheer. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And I'm clapping and I'm making everybody applaud. Uh-huh. And it's fun. It's just a good time. I'm sure everyone in the restaurant enjoyed it as everybody much as your drug did. loved it. Yes. <laughs> I was so. the most popular girl at <laughs> Tapa's restaurant. <laughs> so she comes finally with our final last big plate in his paella. Yeah. The giant like paella pan. Uh-huh. And I'm at the end of the table and so she sets it down kind of next to me and I look at it. Mm-hmm. And I look up at her. And I look at it, and I look up at her. I'm just seeing all of these saffron threads oh. in the paella, because that's yeah. how you make paella. Yeah. And there's hundreds of saffron threads. Mm-hmm. And I look at her, and I'm like, look at all these shits. That's literally what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, look at all these shits. How much money do you guys spend on saffron? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Look at how many shits are in here. There's got to be like a million little shits in here, and I'm freaking Why out. Why were you calling them that? Why was I calling them that? Because I was drunk. drunk. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> and I didn't know what else to call yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. So they were just little shits. Yeah. And she is uh-huh. like cracking up, yeah. but also like, I don't, I don't <laughs> we spend a lot on saffron. I don't know. But I was perturbed. Yeah. At the amount of saffron I in mean, this dish. That is a precious, precious It element. is so expensive. Yeah. They're fucking stamens oh yeah like i'm scared of saffron because i only know them as very expensive and then like sometimes like i know i got some in spain Uh uh-huh and because where paella comes from and i was like i don't think these were expensive enough to be real like they can't be Uh, but sometimes they you can't get but i think you know if you're buying in those quantities right then that's when it really adds up yeah i mean it was just full full those little shits those little shits look at these little shits (laughs) was very perturbed. Um, do you remember enjoying the paella? I liked it okay. That, well, you don't like shelf seafood. I do not like seafood. So I don't know if problem. there was a. I don't know if it was a seafood paella. It okay. maybe it was, and I was too drunk to notice. Yeah, I mean so, traditionally that's right. The whole deal. Right. So another fun thing about me is I get really drunk, but then I also sober up really quickly mm-hmm. because I don't actually drink that much quantity. So it just passes through you. you it think? passes through me like it. Gets me drunk real yeah, fast because yeah. I never drink. Yeah. But I don't actually drink very much. Uh-huh. So then it, you know, just right. metabolizes. So I drink all the sangria. Uh-huh. I stand up from the table. And I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. kind of woozy. Yeah. And we go outside. And this is during a festival. Okay. We go outside. There's music happening. There's another little, like, outside bar. Uh-huh. So the boys go to the outside bar to get yeah. more drinks. And the girls start dancing. Yeah. It takes them 20 minutes to get drinks. Uh-huh. By the time they get back, I'm stone cold sober. Oh. And they were like, what? Where did drunk Ashley go? Oh, no. Uh-huh. So, dear listener, yeah. it only takes one drink to get me drunk. I'm real fun. I'll yell a lot. And then yeah. in about 20 minutes, I'll be sober. Are you, like, asking our listeners to hang out with us? Yes. All right. Only you... the fun ones. Yeah. If you're cool, if, like, that sounds like fun to you, <laughs> which it does sound like to me. Okay, good. Just, like, not, like, wild drinking. Food is definitely involved. Yes. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's still light outside. Yeah. festival. Go- that sounds great. It was great. So it was a that's, good time. that's the kind of night that Ashley and I are in for. Uh- <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah. We're both vaccinated and we're ready there to you party. Go. I, I realized, and I realized this when, when you came over with Emily, our yeah. friend Emily, uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. that when I'm drunk, yeah. I get real sassy about food. Oh. Because she asked me, Emily asked me what the breadsticks were. We had cheesy bread. Yeah. That we had heated up and I brought it to the table. Mm-hmm. And she said, what is this? And I said, it's cheesy bread, bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I'll get real drunk yeah. real fast okay. and then I will sass you. All right. Look at these shits. I'm noticing. I'm going to take notice of this. Okay. And I will write that down. Great. Um, I want you to have a whole separate notebook of that you keep notes. Weird shit Ashley does when she's drunk. <laughs> Related to food, specifically. I mean, that can really make or break a relationship. It could. It could. Well. All right, dear listener. It's been a lovely two seasons. I've enjoyed this. Me as well. Hey, Ashley, what do you think about doing season three? I'm in it. All right, we're going to keep going then. Woo-hoo! We're going to keep doing this. Uh, we love... All of you, thank you for listening. Thank you, dear listener. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Only rate us five stars. Rate us five stars. Only say nice things. Review us positively. Yes. Subscribe (laughs) non-ironically. Or ironically. It still counts as a subscriber. Also, here's something you can do. Uh, You've got friends. You'd say, hey, can I borrow your phone real quick? Mm-hmm subscribe them to our mm-hmm. podcast and like download a few episodes yeah you're visiting your parents yeah they don't even understand how podcasts work no. so just go ahead and download some podcasts and like review us from there too yeah it's fine <laughs> your friend your parents probably love Mad Men. they'd love to listen to us listen my boomer mom loves it my parents fucking they're the number one fans they are the number one fans it's great they were the first senders of fan mail they were and the last at this point were they? Still, well, I mean, we've a only got physical mail. We've only got one piece of fan okay, mail. Okay, a physical mail. Sure, sure, sure. I'm, I'm sorry. DMs on Instagram. <laughs> just go in a slightly different category, <laughs> not to okay. shame or denigrate anyone. Okay. Please still send us nice DMs. Please send on us Instagram. nice things. But if you also want to send us physical treats, <gasps> I forgot your chocolate surprise. Yeah, well, oh, I forgot yours that first time. That's true. It's because I didn't go home. I came right here after work. Yeah, that's okay. I'll forgive you in time. All right. Well, as we say at the end of every episode, <laughs> Merry Mad Men to all and to, and to all, all a good night. night. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.